Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. I am Michael, and today I am joined by my good friend, also my co-host on another horror pod, Josh Bowers. How the hell are you today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Good to hear. I'm glad to hear that you're doing so fantastic. I am. I think we're in a competition right now to see who has the least amount of sleep. <laughs> I think it's me. <laughs> I think you win. Yes, I've, I'm running yeah. on very little, but you definitely take the cake. Yeah, because because we were talking right before we started recording. I was like, you at least got a couple hours of sleep. I I haven't slept since yesterday, so I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like when I know that I have to wake up super early in the morning. I was actually just talking to Chuck about this from Chuck Goes to the Movies. We were just having this conversation right before I started with you. I was telling him I was like, it's like an anxiety thing. Like my brain. If I know I have to get up super early the next day, my brain will be like, okay, if you don't go to bed right now, you're only going to get five hours of sleep. And then I'll sit there and think about that and I'll count down the clock. And then two hours later, I'm still wide awake and I'm like, great. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to get three hours of sleep. So I might as well just stay up now because if I go to bed now, I'm just going to be more tired than I was. You know, that's a long thought process you have to go through to get some sleep. (sighs) Yeah. So. That's basically mm. what happened today. <laughs> oh, that you have, but, you have that, and you're here with but, me now, so you're full of energy. I know, I know. You bring it out in me. Um, I mean, I guess we should preface to the listeners why we are doing this so early today. Because yesterday we were supposed to record um, the episode on Friday. I blew a tire. Luckily, I was not on the freeway when I did it. <laughs> Luckily, I was just driving down <laughs> down the street. That's and good. My tire blew. Yeah, because that would that could have been really bad. Um, and then I went and had to get that replaced, but then I also had to get another tire replaced because the tread was kind of wearing out on that one too. So they recommended that I just do that. And I was like, why the fuck not? I'm here. See, just get it done. Be proactive with your tire situation. Exactly. Exactly. But enough about me. Aside from co-hosting another horror pod with me, Josh, you also have another amazing podcast that you do so would you like to plug that podcast in for the listeners sure i think i this is like my fourth time on here now i think we were on here at one point but um, i don't know you and mark you and mark are competing to see how many times each of you have been on this show because i think you fucking you both just we're on <laughs> you guys might as well be on the podcast as regulars at this point because you guys are like on all the time which honorary I'm not members Exactly. Honorary members of the We Love Horror podcast. Yeah, that's there we cool. Go. Well, I am one third of the Horror Movie Crew podcast. We're a weekly podcast. We talk about a different movie each week. Uh, we go through it scene by scene, talk about things we like, things we don't like. At the end of it, we have a pretty cool rating system. We call it a Stabbies rating system. So how many uh, Stabbies each movie gets out of five, we average it out at the end and give you the Horror Movie Crew, or as everybody else calls us, the HMC, Average Stabbies Rating. We're where you should be going to get your movie ratings, not those other folks, because we don't give you an bs rating we give you the actual average rating we don't make you dig through and click a bunch of shit to find out what the actual rating is that's what we do yes we're a horror podcast we're more like a comedy podcast uh disguised as a horror podcast because we pretty much make fun of each other and laugh tell inappropriate jokes about each other and uh kind of badger each other uh the whole time so it's a lot of fun uh 
I've been told that when you're listening to us, it feels like you're just sitting in a room with a bunch of friends hanging out, and that's kind of the vibe we go for. So if that's your thing, uh, check us out, Horror Movie Crew Podcast. We're on all major podcast platforms. We're at Horror Movie Crew Podcast on Instagram. That's kind of our hub. Uh, we have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. We don't do much with those because they're pretty much garbage platforms, in my opinion. Um so yeah, if, if that's your thing, check us out. We've got a Patreon. We do um, patron-only episodes. Michael is a patron of, of the HMC. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. We have episodes that only come out for patrons. We have little um, clips and stuff that come out specifically for patrons that uh, you only get when you have uh, you have access to that if you're a patron. So check us out, Horror Movie, Pro, Horror Movie Crew Podcast, <laughs> um, pretty much everywhere. That's us. Damn, you almost got that perfect until you flubbed up your own name there at the end. <laughs> it's fine we, we have a long long ass name and um my throat keeps sucking all of the uh, moisture out of itself so i'm like constantly drinking and talking at the same time yeah, as you, you notice i have a uh mountain diet mountain dew instead of my uh, regular bush light or miller light so mm-hmm. i was just gonna say that i was gonna say wow you're changing it up a little bit today well, it is ten in the morning, so not that that would you know deter well, it's me five from drinking somewhere. So I mean, it doesn't deter me from drinking by any means. Five, you know, ten in the morning, eight in the morning, whatever you got to do. Have a little bush light and eggs. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think I better take it easy on the drinking with this uh, cold that I got going on. So <laughs> yeah, well, good job on your podcast plug-in. Um, welcome to season two, episode two, Josh. I'm very happy that you were on this episode with me today. Um, just a preface to the listeners, I am still doing my winter in July series all month long. And on this episode today, Josh ever so kindly joined me. Uh, it was supposed to be you and Seth, Mm -hmm. but then Seth decided that he was too cool for us and decided he didn't want to be on anymore. So there was a whole plethora of things that actually happened. Um, I was supposed (laughs) to be camping this weekend and due to all the storms that we're having here in the Midwest, uh, we canceled our camping trip. And when we go camping, Seth stays the house with the dogs. So he had to get crap ready to prepare to be away from his home all weekend. And then we didn't go camping. And then you pissed him off because you didn't even put him on the (laughs) poster for the podcast thing. So he was like, Oh, I guess I'm not a, uh, valued uh, guest, so he was like, "I'm not going to be on there then." F- the hell with that. So, well, in my defense, I honest to God do not remember you telling me that Seth was going to mm. be on the the episode. I don't know if I was like half asleep when you told me that, but I don't know. I'm starting to believe you never did tell me that, and you're just telling me that you told me that because I honestly mm-hmm. don't remember. <laughs> he blames me too. But, he says that I never told you, which is fine. I know I did because. Let's be honest, when you and I schedule to do podcasts, I have to remind you like seven times of the actual date because you you and Seth both use these old man uh, <laughs> freaking like paper calendars. I don't know why. It's 2021. Like, look, come on, guys. Get on the digital calendar. I have one on my phone too, but it's just like I have... I have a bulletin board that I'm looking at oh, right now, Lord. like right in front of me. I have my, ca- I have the page of my calendar for this month posted right there so I can look right at it. It'd be cool so. if it was like 1980, like great. Like, come on, man, hop into the, the, the new century here. Let's go. This is coming from the guy that complains about technology on almost a regular basis. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unnecessary technology. A digital <laughs> calendar is very helpful and very necessary. Anyway, oh, man. Anyway. Yeah. What have you, what have you been up to? Uh, the last couple weeks, Josh, since we recorded on another horror pod, because it's been about a week or so now, right? Oh, uh, yeah, it's been a while because we crammed all those episodes in um, because of the schedule, my July schedule. Um, 
What have I been up to? I watched Fear Street on Netflix finally. Um, HMC, we're going to be doing an episode on that. We call them Crew Reviews. You're only going to be able to listen to it if you're a patron, though. So I guess, I mean, yes. so come come be a patron. You can come listen to Crew Reviews. Um, I, I watched a bunch of crap. I'm actually in a competition with Mark and Brooke as to who can watch the most movies in 2021. So we uh, keep them on our letterbox. So sometimes um, if I have time to kill, I'll turn a movie on and like, kind of watch it kind of not pay attention to it but it'll be on and I, I know what's going on obviously but um it's like a movie i don't really care about so there's a few of those i'm not going to talk about uh but one movie i did watch last night abby and i sat down i wanted to watch the new fear street part two she didn't uh, mm-hmm. because she didn't really care for the first one but um we watched greenland have you watched that with gerard butler no is it good uh it here's the thing it's okay, a I'm good natural it's disaster movie it is good uh-huh. like that's your uh-huh. thing right yeah. Because we both really enjoyed it last night, and it was over. I was like, holy cow. Because, I mean, theoretically, that really, you know, they, they say a meteor or a comet, whatever, it did kill the dinosaurs. That's what caused the planet to go, you know, extinct however long ago. So, theoretically, this could happen, right? Because it's about a meteor falling from space and basically destroying the planet. The uh, yeah. government has put together these, like, hubs in different places all over the world that can only accommodate so many people, etc., they're um, picking who gets to go into these bunkers based on their profession. Oh, um, okay. So Gerard Butler is a structural engineer, so his family gets picked to be one of these um, people. But nonetheless, a whole bunch of shit happens. Uh, so last night we were watching, we were just shocked. It's like, oh, this could actually happen. It's it's realistic. And then this morning we were eating breakfast and talking about the movie, and it was like, I don't think I did like that movie because it's just one <laughs> of those movies where like, it's so un like not that the event is unrealistic, but like the events inside of the movie, like all of the things that happen to this family, and then they somehow still end up all together and make. I'm not gonna ruin the movie for you. I'm spoiler alert. Uh, they make it to the bunker, and but oh thanks, sorry, but we're like, <laughs> there's no fucking way. Like, yeah, we rattled off. I think I don't know if I was talking to you or Mark this morning. I think I was texting Mark about it. But I was like, they, I, we sat here at the table while eating breakfast and rattled off like 15 things that happened in that movie that like, n- like you'd be lucky to get through one of those things, and they make it through all of them, and somehow still it's like, it's like come on. So, yeah, sorry if I ruined that for everybody, but um, yeah, yeah thanks, Josh. Sorry, it was just like it's just like ah. Man, I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I did. But at first, we did like it. Sorry, that was like a, a very long tangent. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's, I've been okay. up, that's what I've been up to. Nice. Um, as far as what I've been up to goes, uh, not a whole lot. I've just been working this past week. Um, I started watching Fear Street as well. I ha- I'm not finished with the first part yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely think they're trying too hard to be Scream in the first one. They're trying way too fucking hard. How like, much of it have not, you watched? I've watched like the first like 30 minutes of okay, it. Okay, so you got you got to push through cuz that's I know. I know, I know. I mean it, it's not that it's not good. I'm not complaining that it's not good. I'm just saying like the first the first 30 minutes or so they're trying way too hard to be scream and it's like you're not scream. Well, I, just, I don't want to ruin anything for you or talk too much about it because we're uh, after I get off here I have two episodes to record with HMC and one of those is a uh uh, cruise quickie. So basically, we talk about that's for Halloween, but nonetheless. Anyway, crew review for that movie. But um, yeah, you got it because I it I feel like I got bait and switch with the movie because the first mm-hmm. thirty minutes of it is very '90s slasher s scream, very nostalgic. 
But yeah. it does change. And honestly, for me, I didn't enjoy it as much after it switched to what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, I'll be interested to get your thoughts after you watch the whole movie. Yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, I also, ooh, Atypical Season 4 is now on Netflix, so I started watching that too. Nice. We yeah, haven't, I've we been haven't watched waiting it so freaking long for Season 4 because I think it's the last season of Atypical. It I is. Think this is. the last season, yeah. So I've been waiting ever so patiently because I just, like, I binged the entire uh season three with my sister when she was here. Cause I think she had seen like the first season. I don't really remember. I know we watched like a whole bunch of it and we like binged it all at once. And then, you know, we were left with nothing to watch because we finished it. So <laughs> I've just been ever so patiently waiting and it finally is up. So I started watching it this morning before we got on here. Um, pretty good so far, obviously wouldn't expect anything less. Um, yeah. I started fear street. Like I said, uh, yeah. Besides that, nothing, nothing too too special so uh but uh yeah would you like to uh start with the we love horror three question lightning round josh oh i get to i get to kick it off of course you do you're the special guest you always get to go first oh chivalry is not dead you're such a sweet person michael i know you don't have to tell me (laughs) okay all right so hey on the horror movie crew podcast we have a section called truth no dare it's similar to this where we go around the horn ask questions generally they're real stupid and we're just trying to make fun of each other or get one of us to say something stupid so the other one can pounce on us like a fucking puma and eat them but uh so i went back to some of our uh, episodes previously and i grabbed a few questions out of that so these you may have heard these questions before already Mm -hmm. because you do listen i'd hope you listen to the show you pay to listen to it so i hope you get your money of course i do um so you probably recognize some of these so let's see uh i'm anxious to hear your answers to some of these questions okay okay here you go question one michael choose between dating someone who is very ugly but excellent in bed or dating someone who is very cute, very attractive, but a dud in the sack. Like, how ugly are we talking? <laughs> See, this is the conversation we got into because <laughs> a few of us, me, I went like um, it's the ugliest possible. I made a joke about I didn't want somebody uh, doing reverse cowgirl and having like three inch long moles hanging off of her back that I got to look at, right? So yeah. I'm like, I went like uh, very ugly. Um, Jessica was like, I don't know why you have to envision this person as a swamp creature. I don't think that they have to be that <laughs> nasty. Um, a swamp creature. Yeah. So, I mean, is, I don't, whatever your perception of ugly is, I went like all the way down on the spectrum of ugly. Whereas I think Jess was more like, okay, they're just, you know, they're okay. They're just not. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with what Jess said. I think I'm going to go with like, not your typical good looking guy. Cause like I have really, really weird tastes sometimes. Like there are people that I find really attractive that no one else thinks is attractive. Like people are like, are you crazy? That guy is not cute. And I'm like, there's just something about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. That doesn't surprise some- me at all with you. I feel like you probably feel bad for that person. Cause you know, nobody else thinks they're cute. So you being you, you're like, Oh, that's not true. Eh. I just, I don't know. I just have my, I have my taste and that's, that's what it is. I don't know. Like I, I have good taste when it comes to men. Like I know a good looking guy when I see him, I'm looking at one right now. Oh, Josh, thank you. Thank talking you. About you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I find, I, I, I see the beauty in a lot of people. So I guess I'm going to short answer. I'm going to go with the, the ugly person that's good in bed because I feel like that's kind of important and they probably have a good personality. So I'd mm. rather have someone with a better personality than just like someone that's shallow, hmm. you know? 
But How what long? about you, Josh? So you're saying that every person that's no. attractive is shallow? That's what you no, said. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's kind of what you said. Well, that's not what I meant. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> Moving on. What what, <laughs> what what is your answer to that question? Here's how I answered it. So if you go back, I don't even remember what episode this was on, so I guess it doesn't matter. Um, I said, in a healthy relationship, how many times a week do you have sex generally, would you say? Hmm. Well, I mean, at least like two to three times a week okay. i'd say everybody said two two to three so i think seth of course was like well that seems a little low but i guess that's a whore so <laughs> that's because seth's a, a loose a loose hanging whore i know he it's really like, is yeah. he's he's low-hanging fruit on that uh <laughs> on that end um anyway uh yeah so anyway, let's just say twice a week and sex lasts what let's say an hour so two hours a week you're having sex with this person who's in my opinion hideous but they're great in bed wonderful okay yeah the rest of the time, you have to be around this person and look at them. Like, I feel like I am going to go with the attractive person who may be a dud in bed. I'm going to coach them up and uh, they'll become better. But two hours a week of good sex versus having to look at them the rest of the hours of the week and they're not that attractive. Uh, and then when you think about it, if they're really unattractive, do you really want to have sex with them anyway? <laughs> yeah. So I went yeah. with the attractive person who's bad in bed. Okay. All right. So did Seth, by the way. You're, bo- you're both just shallow. It's fine. <clears throat> Pretty I'm much. Yes. Yes. If you listen to the podcast, <laughs> you already know that. <laughs> oh, man. Good question, though, Josh. Are you ready for my first question? Yes. Um, and I hope that this question is going to really stump you for a minute. It's a Mary Fuck Kill Final Girls edition. Oh, great. And I picked some really hard ones for okay. you. So I picked Samara Weaving, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Harris, mm. and Charlotte Vega. This isn't hard. This isn't hard at all. Whatever. Don't lie. I'm going to marry Samara Weaving because I love her. Okay. I'm going to um, fuck Charlotte Vega. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to kill Daniel Harris. Okay. God damn. You and Mark both. Fucking disappointing. Why? <laughs> because when I did the fuck Mary Kill question for Mark, it wasn't super hard for him either. Hey, so. I know my truth, brother. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I thought maybe for a minute you were going to marry Charlotte Vega because you have been talking your praises about her for like Charlotte Vega, Charlotte Vega. She's like my favorite final girl. Mm -hmm. I didn't say she's my favorite. I said she quickly became one of my favorites. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that was that was that was disappointing, but it's fine. Sorry, buddy. I tried. I told you it wasn't hard. I'm just, you know, I'm a man who knows what he wants. It's all right. All right. Hit me with your second question, Josh. Okay. Would you rather have to sneeze all the time and never be able to, or always have the feeling that something is stuck in your eye, even though there's nothing there? Oh my God, the sneeze for sure. Mm. Okay. Because, because I fucking hate the feeling of having something in my eye and not being able to get it out. It is the worst. So that, yeah, no question. I would rather like have the feeling of having to sneeze. I agree no with question. you. I don't want, I wear contacts and sometimes my contact will like the edge of it will dry out and I'm like driving. So I can't do anything about it because the air conditioner like, dries it out <laughs> and it's awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. I'd, I'd rather have to sneeze all the time. But Jessica's point to that was, she was like, well, you know how you, like when you have to sneeze, you always have like an ugly face going on. <laughs> yeah. She was like, that would be the downside to it. 
Yeah, I don't really care. I I'm like, we all look ugly anyway. when we sneeze. It's fine. Yeah, but you'd look like that all the time. Oh, fuck off, Josh. <laughs> I'm saying you would if you had to sneeze all the time. Oh, I thought you said you look like that all the time. Jeez. So. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> all right, Josh. You ready for your second question? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. You are in a horror film. Are you the final girl, the first to die, the comic relief, the smart one, or the killer, and why? Oh, man. That's actually a hard one for me because uh, I'm pretty fucking funny. I don't know if you guys know this or not. but <laughs> Well, he thinks he's funny, but, you know. And here's the thing, though, okay? I feel like I would be a compilation of, like, Randy mm-hmm. I and, can see that for and you. Stu. Cause so you're saying so you're saying you'd be the you'd be the comic relief, the smart one, and the killer all in one. I think so. Okay. Which uh, automatically excludes me from being the final girl, um, and the first to die. So yeah, so I think I would probably be a, some sort of combination between um, Randy and Stu because I'm pretty goofy. I don't take anything mm-hmm. seriously at all. Um, I probably say shit I shouldn't say. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I don't really like people, so me being a serial killer really isn't out of the realm of possibility. So that being said, I feel like I would probably be some sort of mixture. I'd probably be the guy in the movie where you question, is this the killer? Is this a good guy? Mm. Like, you wouldn't ever know till the end when it's revealed that maybe I'm not the killer, maybe I was. Um, yeah, but what's riveting about Scream? Like, you're going to get me on a Scream tangent. You know you can't bring up Scream around me. Because oh, here we go. I is, didn't bring up Scream. You did. I know I did. <laughs> but Seth gets so mad because as soon as I start talking about Scream, he, like, throws his pen down. He's like, oh, my God, here goes 40 minutes. I'm never going to get back. <laughs> Billy Loomis is actually on par with Randy in the Scream movie. So when I say I'm more like Stu, maybe I should be more like Billy though, but I'm not like creepy because Billy's kind of creepy throughout that movie. But anyway, my point is if you're not paying attention in that movie and I've watched it about 500 times, but you never really catch on at first how horror movie smart Billy Loomis is. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's brilliant. I mean, he like stages an entire, you know, crime spree based off horror movies. So there you go. Exactly. But even like the comments he makes throughout the entire yeah. movie, like, like honestly, the fact that if you were shocked, which I was honestly the first time I watched it, if you were shocked at the end of that movie that he was the killer, you should not have been because once you go back and watch it again and you catch all the shit that he's talking about, it's so obvious. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. Dude, that movie is written so well, but nonetheless, sorry. <laughs> so well, <laughs> sorry for, for another for discussion for another day, Josh. Yes. Hold that, hold that thought. We'll we'll discuss it at another time. Holding it. <laughs> All right, give me your final question. If there, it's funny I say this because I just watched Greenland. But if there was a world catastrophe and only a mm-hmm. few people survived, what would your skill set be to rebuild the new world? Ooh, what a great question. Hmm. I, oh, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think of, <laughs> trying to think of the things that I'm like, I feel like I'm genuinely good at. I don't know. Like, okay. Like I'm not the most outspoken person in the world, but so I feel like I can make, I could make really, really good decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like I'd be really good at problem solving and maybe like some sort of leadership role would be okay. my, 
may be my specialty at, for at, to some uh, capacity. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at build. I'm not good at building things. So that would definitely not be my strong suit. Um, let's see. I'm not a hunter. So mm. definitely not foraging for food. I don't do that shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So probably leadership skills is what I would say is my best uh, best bet. What about you, Josh? I honestly don't remember what I said for this. I'm sure it was some sort of. Um, I think I but said I managing know. situations or something. Like I could, I could. Uh, yeah, I think I don't remember. Probably some sort of leadership role, though. And I'm really good at um, talking. I could talk my way out of any situation. So that being said, I probably would be. Uh, you know, maybe I would go around to other tribes and try to get them to come join our tribe. There you go. Yeah, yeah. networking. I'd be the networker. Yeah, exactly. You're in sales. Yeah, I'm in sales. Uh, we can trade our supplies for their supplies and vice versa. I really feel like so. if that were the situation, I would end up being like Negan, to be honest with you. Oh, I would, God. Uh, that'd be me. <laughs> I would be Negan. Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. can come join our stuff, but you're going to give us all your stuff. You're going to do what we tell uh, you to oh, do. I'm oh, Negan. is that true? Is that is that what that is? Yeah, probably. I might be like Negan. That'd oh, be like a great see, you and, you and I would butt heads. You and I would butt heads. That would Only not be once. <laughs> And then my head would be smashed with a barbed wire baseball bat. Precisely. By Lucille. <laughs> All right. So my final question, Josh, is if you were to write your own horror film, what would the plot be? Hmm. It's funny you ask that. I've always wanted to write a book. I don't know Why what it would be. You? Uh I don't I just want it's honestly it's a time thing. Time is the hmm. resource I have the least amount of, which you've probably heard me say that uh, at least once a week since you've known me. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I feel like, and I think, actually, I think I've answered this question before. I would like to see a modern, um, reboot in the slasher genre. My heart is in the nineties slash. I love scream. I love everything that came after scream. Um, not that I don't like where movies are at, but I would like to see a modern take on the slasher genre. I really liked the beginning of Fear Street because I thought that's where it was going. Like I said, I feel like I got bait and switched with that movie. Um, yeah. But I really enjoyed the first 30 minutes or so of it. That I think that first scene in that movie is fucking brilliant. Um, oh, it, it was. So it was much really ho- uh, homage or homage, however you say it. Everybody says it differently. Um, to that 90s slash specifically Scream. Um, but yeah, I would like to see that. And I don't think we've had... I've, I've talked about this at length as well. Um, I don't think that we have had a um, iconic slasher in quite a while. Yeah, you have um, Art the Clown from Terrifier. You've got uh, Victor Crowley from Hatchet. But um, when's the last time we had like a, a dominant slasher um, villain that can hang with you know Freddy, Jason, Michael, Leatherface, Ghostface, Candyman, all these different people that are iconic, right? We just haven't had one of those. Uh, yeah, you could say Victor Crowley. Yeah, you could say Art the Clown. Um, but I don't. That's what I would probably go for. Very nice. Long ass answer, wasn't it? <laughs> Nothing short of expecting that from you. So. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you, Josh, for participating in the three-question lightning round. That was fun. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. So are you ready to get into the film we are discussing today? Oh, boy, am I. And what film is that, Josh? We're discussing Better Watch Out from, I think, 2016? It says 2016 in some places, but then 
and other places I've seen 2017. So I don't know if that's like a different release date for when it was released in the US or so. I don't know because this movie was made in Australia. I didn't know if you knew that. Oh, I actually but. did not know that. Um, but actually, we have also been running into that. It's like the last three movies we've done. It's like they had like three different years that it was released. So it's like. Yeah, it gets a little convoluted. A little complicated. Um, yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. Would you like to read the synopsis sure. for this film, Josh? On a quiet suburban street, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from intruders, only to discover it's far from a normal home invasion. Bum, bum, bum. Ooh. Wow. So intense with that. Good job. I don't get to read the synopsis on our show. Jess reads them, so that's why I was like, you know, when I get the opportunity... You're really excited about it. I did. The table yeah, and you commit. I, I appreciate the commitment. The commitment to that was was great. Yeah, man. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. Me, same to you. Um, it has an IMDb score of six point five out of ten. Uh, it was directed by Chris Peckover, and he's not known for a lot. When I was looking up his stuff, he has not done very much, no, which actually kind of surprises me. Um, because like this is not like a low profile film at all. Like there are some heavy hitter actors in this movie. So I was really surprised to see that he's only done like a few things. I only put him down for two other like I only put him down for one other thing. And uh, that was undocumented from 2010. Um, I feel like I remember seeing that or hearing about that when it came out at the time. I don't really remember. Um, but uh, it stars Olivia DeJong as Ashley. And she's in a lot of stuff that I've seen. Uh, she's in the Sisterhood of Night from 2014, the uh, a film that I really, really, really fucking enjoy, uh, The Visit from 2015. That is one of my favorite M Night Shyamalan films. It's a good um, movie. I'm not a huge M Night Shyamalan fan at all. Everybody, knows I'm not. That, I'm not either. That's a that's a good movie. Yeah, he has a few. He has a few really good heavy hitter movies. And then his other movies are just meh garbage. Um, but uh, Scare Campaign from 2016 and 10 episodes of The Society, which was on Netflix. And I fucking love that show. I don't know if you've seen that or heard of that show, Josh, but I highly, highly recommend you watch that show because it's so good. Um, uh, yeah, she's in 10 episodes of that. They were supposed to do a second season. I don't know if they're going to do it anymore. Uh, so hopefully they do. Uh, Levi Miller as Luke. He's in Pan from 2015. He's in one episode of Supergirl, and he's in A Wrinkle in Time that came out in 2018. Ed Oxenbold as Garrett, and he's in The Visit as well. He plays the sister, or he plays the brother of Olivia DeJong in that movie. Uh, and then he's in uh, he's in 17 episodes of Puberty Blues. And then we have a very very nice uh, horror cameo from Virginia Madsen as Deandra. <laughs> And obviously her name is synonymous with Candyman. Obviously that's probably what most people know her from. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, when I, when I real, when I remembered that she was, cause I've only seen this movie one other time. Um, Same and here. I don't, I did not remember anything about it except for maybe like one part when I watched this uh, the, the second time. Um, and I completely forgot that she was in this, but as soon as I saw her name, I was like, Oh yeah, obviously uh, she's in joy. Uh, from 2015 the haunting in connecticut uh, from 2009 another fantastic movie i really enjoy that movie uh the number 23 from 2007 the haunting from 1999 and red riding hood from 2011 those are all the ones i know her from if there's anything else you know her from you can shout it out but i don't i um 
I also have only seen this once. And honestly, uh, back to the director real quick. It, you said it was weird that he hadn't done I agree because this movie was shot really well and it looked really good. But I'll be yeah. honest, I didn't even, it wasn't even on my radar till last Christmas. And the only reason I found it was because I was looking for Christmas movies to do for our Christmas, which we didn't end up doing this movie, but um, I watched it anyway. But yeah, um, that's the only reason I found it. So I don't. It must have like flown under the radar or something. Yeah. It, well, it didn't get like a. It didn't get like a huge release, and I'll get to that in a second when I get to the box office. But I also forgot one person to put down on here. I can't believe I even forgot this person because he's been in so fucking much. <laughs> like uh, Patrick Warburton as Mister Learner, uh-huh. and he's obviously in Scream Three. He plays uh, the bodyguard. Yep. Uh, he voices uh, Kuzco and Emperor's New Groove. He's in Men in Black 2, 10 episodes of Seinfeld. Uh, he voices a character in Sky High. He also voices a character in 35 episodes of Kim Possible, which was one of my favorite shows when I was growing up. Um, he's in Get Smart. He's in Ted and Ted 2. And then he's in uh, movie 43, which is, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Josh. It's garbage, but. Uh, I've seen like the first, uh, like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes of it. So bad. Um, but he's, a, he's in a lot more than that. Like I, I only got to the tip of the iceberg. I think he had like 181 acting credits in total. Like he's been in a lot of shit. Yeah. And he a lot of plays like a minor role and stuff. Seems like, well, he does a lot of voice acting is what mm-hmm. it is. Like he, he does a lot of like, uh, animated shows and stuff from what I saw. Uh, I'd honestly forgot the, about the mom and the dad who played the mom and the dad in this movie. Um, me too. For whatever reason, I was honestly thinking it was, uh, the dad and mom from uh, the babysitter movies. I don't know why. Oh. Like these kind of have similar vibes to each other, I guess. Oh, but I 100%. was like, I was like, uh, who are the mom and the dad? And then the movie started, and you know, you get into it. I'm like, oh shit! I was thinking of the babysitter. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so the box office, the budget was three million dollars. Uh, the U.S. and the Canada gross was only twenty thousand three hundred and sixty-nine, and the worldwide gross was only one hundred and seventy-six thousand two hundred eighty-eight. So didn't do very good, like hmm. box office-wise. But like I said, I don't think it got a huge release. I don't even think it got a theatrical release. Um, and I only have one fun fact down on here because the other ones, I don't know, they just weren't that interesting. But I found this one really interesting because. I couldn't see Selena Gomez playing this part, but apparently Selena Gomez was interested in playing the role of Ashley, but opted to focus on her music career and then upcoming revival tour, which I don't know. Like I, I think Selena Gomez is a pretty good actress. Like from what I've seen, I think she should honestly stick to acting, but I don't know if I've ever seen her act to be honest with you. I mean, she's not bad. I, I, I just don't think she's a great singer. Like I like some of her music, but like her, her live performances are not great. I don't Um, think I've ever heard her sing either, to be honest with you. (laughs) Oh, they're not, they're not great. (laughs) Not hating on any Selena Gomez fans or Selena Gomez. I'm just saying like, she should stick to acting. That's all I'm saying. I think you are. Um, You've just pissed off half your viewers. Probably. People are probably like clicking off here now. Yep. But um was there anything that i missed josh that you wanted to bring up before we get into the actual the film discussion no no, i'm excited to discuss the film wonderful um (laughs) so you kind of get a really really good indication of what kind of movie this is going to be right off the bat because you get that like first shot of like that snowman and the girl's like you know, building a snowman and then the fucking kid with the baseball bat just comes up and beheads it right (laughs) boom done deal 
<laughs> yeah. And then it just like, it's just, I really, the one thing I really appreciate about this movie is that there's like such good humor in this film. Like there's some, like a, a few moments in this film that I actually like laughed at that I thought was actually really funny. And they do a really good job of sprinkling the humor in this film. Yeah. Um, sporadically throughout. And like, like I've said before in other episodes, I think that's a really, really, um, impressive thing for like a director or a writer when they can really do a good job mixing the humor with the horror like I've always found that like really impressive if somebody can do that that's like a really good talent in my opinion because that's a really fine line to cross right and if you do it, it like, poorly it come, it, it's very it's a lot harder to do than you would think it is and I think that it, and it when you do it well it, you don't get as much credit as whenever as much shit as you get if you do it bad because there's a lot of people that try to do it and it doesn't come across well um like yeah. for instance like ready or not they do a fantastic job of mixed sprinkling in the humor which is why i was i'm so excited about the new scream movie because the people that did ready or not are doing the new scream movie i know and Ugh. i think that they have to have that subtlety to the to the comedy in that type of movie so i think this this is one that definitely does that as well um at oh, least i sure. thought i don't want to get too much into where uh my I mean, we're in the discussion, so I guess it doesn't matter, but uh, the, I really loved this movie the first time I watched it, and for some reason, the second viewing of it wasn't so favorable. But So I actually found a lot of the stuff I found funny the first time kind of annoying, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And most of it is centralized around uh, the character Luke. I don't know what it is. I just can't fucking <sighs> stand that kid. Oh, me either. Me either. Um, but I think, I think most of the humor stuff that I was laughing at comes from the parents and we'll mm. get into that a little bit later because I think, <laughs> I think the mom is so fucking funny in this movie. Just the stuff that she says is hilarious. Um, but yeah, you get like, first you get like all these shots of people playing in the snow and you get like that winter, like, Ooh, introduction to Christmas. Like everybody's like doing, you know, winter theme stuff. And, um, you get the you get the scene of Ashley and she's driving and she's talking to her mom on the phone and she's like, I know I was supposed to be home tonight, but I, you know, she was asked to babysit and she's like, she's like, no, I'm not on my, she's like, I have my headphones in and she's like trying to, she's trying to talk on the phone, but reach into her bat purse at the same time to get her headphones out. Right. And then you see a cat just run out in the middle of the road and she almost runs it over. <laughs> and the, I love this part because like all the neighbors are fucking just staring at her, like giving her dirty looks and she's like, <laughs> sorry uh-huh <laughs> um and then she she ends up driving driving off and then you see a car start to follow her which i had an issue with this because when you find out what the twist is at the end yeah or not at the end when you find out what the twist actually is who's driving that car then it was a bunch of that and i noticed the second time watching it having already known what the twist was so i'm like mm-hmm. like that the pizza guy thing there's like a few different things where it's like what what's going on here yeah like it was real like there was just some like glaring plot holes the yeah. second time when i watched this as well and like I don't like to be picky when I watch films because I like to try to, you know, I try to have the same mindset that you jo- that you do, Josh. When you go into a film, you try to just enjoy it. You try to like, you know, just enjoy it for what it is. But there's some movies that you just watch and you're like, that would never happen. That right. would never happen. And it, it almost kind of takes away from the the experience when it gets too far fetched in this. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, this film does go a little bit, a little bit too off the rails at some points where I'm just like, that would never happen. Well, and sometimes they would never when get away with the shit that they're doing. Right, first exactly. Of all. 
<laughs> well, when there's twists like, like this movie has, sometimes, and Seth and I talk, I forget which movie it was. Um, damn it, I should have had my list in front of me. But when there's a twist in a movie, the like for for instance, this movie, the first time I watched it, I went into it completely blind. I didn't know what the twist right. was. And when I, it happened, I was like, oh, this that's different. It's cool, right? It's different. I like it. So I enjoyed the movie the first time. But going into this on a rewatch, I already know what the twist is. So then yeah. you're looking at other stuff. So I think that there's some movies that on first watch you enjoy a lot more versus the second watch because you already know what's going to happen and then you're kind of looking for things. Right. Whereas there's other movies that get better every th- like Wrong Turn 2021, not to beat a dead horse, <laughs> but the more you watch it, the more things you pick up on and you actually enjoy it more. So a movie that you watched the first time and was like, okay, that's a seven out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Then the second time you watch it, you pick up on all these other things. You're like, okay, this movie's an eight out of 10. Well, I think to its own detriment, this movie, once you know the twist, it kind of goes downhill because I think they're relying on that twist. That's what separates it from other home invasion movies. That's what separates it from other, um, we'll just say slasher movies. It's not really a slasher, but we'll, we'll, I mean, it kind of is, I guess. Um, is that twist because the person doing it, A, you find out like what, 20, 30 minutes into the movie, you find out what's going on and then yeah, it changes from there versus not finding out to the very end. Um, but yeah, I think once you know what it is, then you're looking at that stuff. And on the first watch, it was like, okay, like the paint can thing, a few of the different things. You're like, okay, that's clever. That's neat. But on the second watch, you're like, eh, don't think that really happened. How is this kid doing all this stuff? So, yeah, not, I think yeah. I, I just went down a fucking rabbit hole. But yeah, I think that's to its own detriment upon second watch, uh, knowing the twist, I think it kind of loses all of its, um, uh, I don't know what the right word would be, but it, you know, the, the thing that's really driving it is that twist. It's so like it, realistic like yes. approach. Yeah, because there, there are just some things in this film that I'm just like that. Yeah, that would never happen. Um, but yeah, and then... <laughs> you get like this scene of like Luke and Garrett and they're sitting upstairs talking and Luke's like, Luke's talking about like watching a move horror movie to get a girl in the mood type of thing. And, <laughs> and Garrett's like basically hounding him and saying like, Ashley would never go for someone like you and stuff like that. And then they're kind of debating on whether the paint can thing from home alone would actually happen. Like, right. Bloody, 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 just stupid teenager shit or t- stupid young, boy shit because they're not even teenagers yet but which is realistic those are conversations that young boys have right so i mean in that aspect that's 100 percent spot on oh yeah i think the writing in this film was really well done for the most part i think i think whoever wrote this film like did a really good job Mm -hmm. really uh making natural conversation like what what young boys of that age would talk about um but I love this is in you get like the introduction of Mrs. Lerner and she's like standing there and she's like, do you have a, do you have a curfew Garrett? Isn't it time for you to go home? You can tell she does not like this kid. Right. Like she's like, I fucking hate this kid. And then she ends up going downstairs and she's like, can you tell, can you turn off that music? It's giving me a headache. And her husband's like holding like a box of like Christmas ornaments. And he's like, I noticed that these were not hanging on the tree. And she's like, can I ask you a question? She's like, have you ever like sucked cock like another man's cock like in college or you know uh ever had like an affair with another man because your taste and your taste in ornaments is and he's like metrosexual and she's like that's not a word it's metrosexual (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, like it's so great 
They're hilarious. It's it's all uh, like tongue in cheek stuff that that goes over really well with those two. Yeah, like I really wish there was more of them in this film. Like I really do because I feel like the humor, the, a lot of the humor comes from them. And mm-hmm. that was those those parts are what I think are really funny is with the two uh, parents. Um, and then it like cuts back to Garrett and Luke again, and uh, Luke or Garrett's like giving Luke shit about his like fetus sound machine. He has like this fetus sound machine that he go, falls asleep to every night. Yep which is kind of weird, but I don't know. I guess it's not that weird. Cause I guess it's almost like listening to like an ocean sound, but still, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's generally it's for young kids or babies. I, I think it, it's subtly there to show you how immature this kid is. Right. Or to kind of like throw you off of yeah, like how yeah. immature we think he is until right. like later on. Sure. Yeah. Um. But then this is when Ashley shows up and, uh, Mr. Learner's like talking to her and he's like asking her about her move and like when she's moving to Pittsburgh and blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, he's like, aren't you, shouldn't you be packing? And she's like, well, I wanted to come say goodbye and stuff like that. And um, she's a uh, Mrs. Learner ends up pulling Ashley to the side and she's about to show some, show her something, but then she hears Garrett in the bathroom <laughs> and she opens up the bathroom door and he's like, he's basically looking for like prescription drugs, but he makes it seem like he has like a rash. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like in the cabinet. He's like, okay, thanks. And she's like, that kid is a bad influence. She's like talking to Ashley and she's like, that kid is a bad influence. You stay away from him. Uh-huh. And like this, this scene kind of, um, kind of foreshadows something that happens later, but she explains, she's basically explaining to Ashley that Luke like has been sleepwalking. And so she's like, just put the pencil on the doorknob and then that'll, that'll indicate whether he's left the room or not. Right. Which and, I honestly uh, is pretty clever. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, that's when they leave. And then Luke basically asks Ashley what she wants to do. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to talk on the phone. You go do whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like a normal babysitter would. Yeah. And, uh, but how old is he supposed to be? Isn't he a little old to have like a babysitter? I think he's, I think it said he's 12. Oh, is that it? Uh huh. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So in this next scene, like she's talking on the phone with her, is it her boyfriend ricky like is he her boyfriend or are they technically not because like it's kind of it's kind of hazy because it's like i know that she, they're not really talking but they're um, kind of talking well he brings her flowers doesn't he so i think but she's leaving so maybe they're not i'm not really sure what the boy i know that she's got the ex-boyfriend and then this is supposed to be the current boyfriend i think but she's moving so i don't know if maybe they're breaking up because she's moving or if they're fighting because she's moving i wasn't really sure Right, because she's kind of hot and cold. Like, one minute she's like, I don't want to talk to you. And then the next minute she's like, oh, my God, come over. And then the next minute she's like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, it's just so weird. Like, her relationship with him is kind of weird. And it kind of does that, like, off and on thing until he comes up into the movie. But this whole fucking scene when she's in the kitchen and the the huge fucking spider. It looks like a big-ass vinegar rune. I don't know if you know what kind of spiders those are. No, I don't. But they're kind of like mini camel spiders. Mm. And they're very common in, like, the in australia and like the you know i mean this film was made in australia so i'm assuming that's an australian kind but they're also here and they're kind of they're gross the spider is a spider it's just disgusting but this spider is particularly scary because it's huge yeah it's nasty she's like freaking out because she wants luke to kill it and he's like it didn't do anything it didn't do anything wrong and he just picks Mm -hmm. up like a like a, a like a little jar and just like puts it inside the jar and then puts it outside and i kind of like how they set his character up as being like, oh, he's such an innocent child. Mm-hmm. They kind of, and I almost got like a direct 
and I don't know if if the babysitter was made before or after this film, but I feel like he was resembling Cole a lot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like the like some of the some of the dialogue, some of the way he was acting, like it like it seemed like a direct like carbon copy of Cole's character in the babysitter, which kind of bugged me slightly because I was like, okay, it kind of seems like a babysitter mock off with his character a little bit. Yeah, a little. I can see the comparison. Um, I'm obviously very biased. I prefer the babysitter. Um, oh, same, for, yeah. For, you know, not just... I really like Samara Weaving, as everybody knows. But, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I said, I just don't like this kid. I don't know what it is. Like the, And I think it's because I already knew what was going to happen. And I Because right. I don't remember not liking him the first time. So yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I agree with you. They're definitely doing everything they can to set the groundwork that this kid's very young, immature, um, innocent. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, after that, she ends up like looking around because he ends up going somewhere and she's like looking around the house for him. And she like sees a photo of like the family standing together and it looks like they've been skiing. And if you look real closely, you can see Seth in the background. He's like butt naked and he's standing on top of the ski. Hill. I believe that. That's actually Seth. He's there now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's yeah, no snow the, or anything. They set up slip and slides and they all uh, slide down the uh, ski hills on this big slip and slide thing. They use like uh, soap yeah. and stuff. Yes. He's always yeah. got uh, a dick rash because he's slip and sliding <laughs> naked. And in the winter, he uh, skis naked and falls um, on his big hog. Ooh, okay. Yeah, wow. so it's like, <laughs> like when Seth goes skiing, you see the two skis in the imprints yeah. in the snow, and then like one looks like a sausage dragging between the two skis. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, if you look real closely, you can peep uh, Seth in the background. He was an extra that day. They were just like, mm. we don't really know like what we want you to do, so just like kind of stand in the background, mm. like butt naked. No, that was might. Sea Biscuit. He was an extra on, but yeah. Oh, that's right. You're mm-hmm. right. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, you kind of get like a subtle, um, uh, you get kind of like a subtle like image of like the mask that uh, Luke is wearing Mm -hmm. and that'll come into play a little bit later. And she ends up going downstairs and like, oh, this is the fucking part where I'm just like, this kid is a fucking nightmare. Like, because she goes downstairs and he's like drinking from a bottle of champagne. Yeah. And she keeps trying to take it from him and he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm like this fucking kid. Mm hmm. And he's so like he's so creepy with her too. Like just the stuff he does in this film, I'm just like, Ugh, you're a creep, dude. Like you are the kind of guy that's gonna grow up and like join a fraternity, and you're gonna like rape a girl. Like you are gonna roofie a girl. Yeah. Like that's exactly the kind of person he's gonna grow up to be. Disgusting. Anyway. Yeah. I <laughs> sorry. Like I said, the first time I watched it, uh, yeah, he does annoying shit, but like I didn't. Again, it didn't bother me as much as it did the second time. Yeah. But I think it's because at first I just thought he was just a young, dumb kid. And knowing yeah. that like, all this was like premeditated now, I'm like, oh, I hate this kid. Like I don't mm-hmm. like him at all. Yeah, he's an ass. He's very, <laughs> um, what's the word? I can't think of the right word for it. He's like very, um, not immature. Like he's going to grow up and he's like, he's going to want people to have a certain image of him. And if they don't look at him in that light or in that manner, he's going to be like a real prick. He also (laughs) reminds me of somebody who might be gay, but doesn't want people to know they're gay. So he like goes way over the top (laughs) with, um, like how masculine he is and how, like how how much he loves women and how many chicks he slept with and this and that. And like, 
you're like sitting there and you're like, dude, I think you might be gay. Oh, for sure. Like, did you get yeah. that vibe at all, or is that just me? Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, one hundred percent. Um, but uh, yeah. So this is like once she gets once she gets the champagne back from Luke, she ends up like dumping some of it in the sink, and then she tra- takes a drink. And Luke is like, oh, so you? He's like basically like, oh, you can take a drink, but I can't. And like he's trying to convince her that he's so he's so much more mature for his age, and she's right. like, well, you're still a child, right? Like, and you're I'm annoying. <laughs> yeah and you're annoying and i'm not gonna let you drink like you're a child and like he ends up like the phone starts ringing he ends up trying to kiss her but she walks away so like she ends up getting like a phone call but no one says anything on the other line and then they're like sitting on the her and luke are sitting on the couch talking and he's asking her why he's like why do you date guys like ricky and mm-hmm. he how he's so mature for his age and ashley basically is like well if you were older i would probably date you hmm. and then she's like oh shit i forgot to order the pizza and then that's when the doorbell rings and like this is what you were talking about earlier like this scene i don't know like i guess it i guess the scene could make sense in the con like i just feel like they were trying too hard to make it seem like they're trying to throw you off is what they were trying to do right which i mean they didn't do a bad job but like the like you said on on second watch it kind of just seems way too like i don't know well, yeah, but like, who face, ordered the pizza? Why, if he, if Luke ordered the pizza, he knows he doesn't like mushrooms. Why would he put mushrooms on the pizza? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. know. It's probably something that can very easily maybe, be overlooked, or, and we're just like thinking way too much about well, it. Well, or probably. maybe it's supposed to kind of indicate that he's like a pathological liar because maybe he's maybe he's just said that he doesn't like mushrooms because it's like you have to think about the mindset of this kid. Like, because even Ashley kind of gives him like a side eye in that scene. Cause they're eating the pizza. Like you, she answers the door. The guy's kind of weird. And he's like, have a good night. Like he's like, have a pleasant night. And she like turns around and she bumps into that creepy, like looking plastic Santa Claus. Yeah. And she puts it out on the front porch. And then in this next scene, they're sitting on the couch watching a horror movie. And like, <sighs> I think the girl that plays Ashley is a really good actress, but in the scene, her acting is really cringy. Like when she's reacting to the stuff happening on screen, she's like, Oh, Oh my God. Like it's, <laughs> I just found this thing really cringy. Like her acting is really bad just in this scene. Um, well, during that scene when he, they're sitting on the couch, he like puts his head on her shoulder. Did you get like the vibe that she kind of liked it? I don't know if it was so much the vibe that she liked it, but maybe it's just something that she's kind of like used to. Like he's a little kid. So maybe this is just like an innocent, like interaction that they're used to having. It so was maybe- weird to me. Cause she like tells him, Oh, well, if you were older, I would totally like, he's obviously trying to come on to her this entire time. Then she makes yeah. the comment. Well, if you were older, I would definitely date you. And then like, it's like they're sitting there on the couch, very close. And he like puts his head on her shoulder Oh, and then he puts his hand on her thigh too. And yeah, but it's almost like she like was okay with it, is what I thought. Like maybe she looked at him and she was like, okay, maybe you know, because she said if you were older, I would date you. Um, yeah. I don't. It was just really weird. Like I don't know. I'm not saying that she was like into it or I don't. You know, I can't judge that intention. But it's like it didn't feel like she didn't look disgusted by it or that it bothered her. Yeah. I don't. know. I just couldn't get. I couldn't get gauge where she was at with it. And then it gets interrupted by the pizza, right? yeah yeah because because they're talking about like you know because like you said he was like i don't or he's like this has mushrooms on it or whatever and he's like he says something about mushrooms and then she kind of gives him like a weird look like 
as if to think like, well, didn't you tell me you didn't like mushrooms? So that's what I'm saying. Maybe he's just like, maybe that's like a subtle way of saying that he's like just a pathological liar who will mm. lie about anything because yeah, that's just be. like how fucking crazy he is. Um, not to spoil like the twist for the listeners, but you know, like we're going to get there eventually, <laughs> but he just like, I thought that was just kind of like a subtle way of painting like a picture. Like when you watch it on a second watch, maybe you pick up on that. Cause that's kind of what I picked up with it. Like the, mm. the whole, the mushrooms comment. Cause I, I kind of had the same idea that you did. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like why would he order a pizza with mushrooms on it? If he doesn't like mushrooms, but then I was like, well, maybe he's been telling Ashley that he doesn't like mushrooms, but he actually does because did she pick thing- the mushrooms off? No, he wait. I don't know, actually. Because now I wonder if maybe she doesn't like mushrooms. So he was lying, no. saying he didn't. So because she doesn't. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It, honestly, don't it has know. absolutely no relevance <laughs> to the story whatsoever. But it's I just know one we're of spending those like twenty minutes like talking about mushrooms. It's fucking. Mu- I love <laughs> mushrooms on my pizza, by the way. So if we yeah. ever get pizza, mushrooms are good. But no, fucking it's hate like mushrooms. But that's the point, I think, is that like it d- distracts you from what's actually going on upon yeah. second watch. Because now I'm sitting here like. Well, he doesn't like mushrooms. Why the fuck? Well, who brought the pizza? Huh? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like not enjoying the movie. So it's like, I right. Know. Not to mention it was 95 degrees in Louisville when I watched this movie and it's fucking a Christmas movie. So that probably didn't help either. Yeah. Yeah. That, brought, that probably wouldn't help. Um, but yeah, this is like when Ricky keeps calling her. Well, then he puts his hand on her thigh, which I just found really creepy. And she just like takes it off. Mm-hmm. And then like she keeps getting calls from Ricky. And this is why I'm confused because then she's like, I don't want to talk to him. So she keeps putting it on. But like just like 10 minutes ago, she was perfectly fine with like, she's like in the kitchen, like, well, I can't, like, I can't have you come over. Mm-hmm. You can't come over right now. But yeah, come over. Like she's acting all flirty one minute and the next minute she doesn't want anything to do with him. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Well, that could but, also be playing into, okay, that's how she's acting with Ricky. Maybe that's why Luke, when she's playing, maybe again, I don't think she's into Luke, but maybe with her like letting him put her his head on her shoulder, but then he touches her thigh and she moves his hand. So is he like gauging that, she's playing hard to get. Is that what he's trying? Is that what that's supposed to lead us to believe? Because she's doing that with Ricky. Does that mean Luke thinks that's what she's doing with him? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. (laughs) Agreed. But, uh, she ends up getting off the couch and she's like, she ends up answering the call anyway. And she gets up off the couch and, like this is when Luke's kind of demeanor kind of changes a little bit. Cause he ends up like blowing out the, cause he light, he lit like two candles on the coffee table in front of him. Which I thought was kind of weird too. It's like, like if I was Ashley, I'd be like, why are there candles? Why do we need candles? That's weird. right. But um, he ends up like blowing him out and she's, he's kind of acting weird when she gets back. And you get like that wide shot of them sitting on the couch and you kind of see like a shadow of a person standing in the window behind them. Did you see that? Did yes. you notice that like the second? Yeah. And so like, this is the scene where like Ashley gets scared. Cause like a jump scare and she grabs Luke's hand and then he, he tried, he starts trying to make out with her. And she's like, hell fucking no. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's like, what are you fucking doing? Right. And, uh, like then the phone rings a second time. And when she answers, like the person on the other line basically says, I can see you. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I like when she walks to the window and she's like, okay, how many fingers am I putting up? And she puts up her middle finger. (laughs) Uh, Very, very scream esque. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, so then she sees that the Santa Claus statue is right next to the window when she put it on the front porch. So now that this is when she's starting to kind of get like freaked out because mm-hmm. she sees it. Then she goes and sees that the back door is like open. So, oh, my God. And this whole fucking like 
she asks Luke to give her her phone and he like throws it into the fish tank. Like blatantly throws it into the fish tank. Yeah. And instead of fishing it out, like right away, like she goes to fish it out and then she gets distracted and it's like, no, fish it out. Like pull your phone out because the sooner you pull it out, like it's not going to, it's going to, I don't know. It probably Just, still wouldn't work, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but then that's when Luke runs to the door because they hear like the banging from the front door. And so she goes to answer it or he goes to answer it and she tries to stop him. And he ends up opening it anyway. And then this is when Garrett ends up like tackling him to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> You're <Garrett>. shaking your head. <laughs> what, what are you shaking your head for? You don't like this part? I don't dislike it. It's just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, well, who's the shadow in the, like, cause the shadow in the window is clearly not Garrett. It's too tall. Right. So it's like, who is this? I don't know. It's like they're trying to make it out to be like there's multiple people and it just doesn't make sense. Right. I don't know. There's a lot of plot holes upon second watch. The first time you're not looking at all this stuff, but the second time it's like, eh. but I actually like Garrett. I think Garrett is a, a great character in the movie because he's like comic relief. Right. And well, and I kind of like um, not to spoil too much for like the later discussion, but like I kind of like how the roles almost reverse with them. So it's like you get Garrett at the beginning. He seems like he's going to be the troublemaker. And right. it seems like Luke is like the good one. And then it kind of like switches towards the end of the movie, which I kind of liked that they did that. I thought that was kind of refreshing. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that, but I think what also for me watching that is that it was the parents thought Garrett was the bad one and that Luke was being so, negatively influenced by Garrett but honestly in all actuality Luke is likely the bad one who's negatively yeah. affecting Garrett but the parents don't see that and they think oh Garrett's this bad kid when really it's probably Luke exactly yeah um but then they hear like the a window shattering upstairs so they go upstairs and you see that uh like a brick was thrown through the window but Garrett so was downstairs is- correct yeah that's what i'm wondering that's another thing i was like when i was watching this i was like okay so who the, threw the brick through the window then i, I there's a lot of that i have questions uh-huh. about i don't know and i thought like maybe later on i would see maybe like there was like a contraption or something that threw the brick in there like on a spring timer or something and never right. see that no nah, there's the paintball so. thing set up but no no shoot uh brick thrower yeah so that 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 whole thing does not make any sense whatsoever um and then, like, Ashley's, like, full force, like, freaking out at this point because she's, like, trying to get, like, the cops on the phone and the phone isn't working and the Wi-Fi is down. And so uh, they end up trying to leave in the car and then she sees out the window that someone's put a knife into her tire. Mm-hmm. And this is when Garrett brings the brick downstairs and it says, if you leave, you die, basically written on the brick. And uh, that's when, like, you see the head, like, what looks like headlights flash into the house, which, again... How are they doing all this? Because later on you see Luke bring like a bunch of floodlights into the house. So I'm assuming those were the lights that were flashing into the front door. Yeah. It must've been on a timer or something, or maybe I don't, I get, I don't know. Maybe it was on a switch. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we're just like spending too much time, like focusing on things that are just like, well, I mean, they're huge plot holes. Like, um, that's one of the main things I have noted is that, you know, upon first watch, you're not looking for this stuff. So that's why I really think I enjoyed it so much. Um, yeah. And then the second watch, I'm like, I know what's happening. So then I'm thinking like, well, I know that here's where we get eventually, but now there's all these things that happen in the timeline to get to this point. And it's like, well, how'd all this shit happen? 
So I'm like, yeah. it's just unbel- It's a little unbelievable to me that Luke was able to pull off all of these elaborate traps and oh, one hundred percent, and all the like, other stuff. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, look at Home Alone, very unrealistic. People love that movie. This is kind of on par with it in terms of uh, how the hell did they pull. How did this kid pull all this stuff off? But um, yeah, yeah. So we're probably being way too nitpicky, but nonetheless, there's glaring plot <laughs> holes. Oh, for sure. And like I said, like. In some movies, it's okay to get past that. But with this one, I found it like lessening my enjoyability the second time watching this because I was just like, okay, this is way too far fetched for me to like sit here and like turn my mind off and actually believe that this is like plausible. But well, and the other thing that- is, I think if you have characters you really like and care about, you can kind of overlook all the little stuff that doesn't make sense. But honestly, I didn't like it. Like with Garrett's funny, but for, for, me, I didn't really care for any of the. I actually I could care less about. I don't know anything about her. Um, <laughs> the two boys, I can't stand Luke at all. And then Garrett's funny, yeah. but it's like I don't really care if something happens to this kid. Like when something does yeah. happen to him, I'm like, okay. Like it was supposed to be this heartfelt moment. I'm like, I don't care about this. Let's keep moving on here. <laughs> um, so I yeah. think because you don't have that to where in a Home Alone where you really do like Kevin, even though he's a little mm-hmm. shit, you really do like him, and you dislike the Sticky Bandits. Like, yeah. so you're rooting for Kevin. I don't feel like I'm rooting for anybody in this movie. Yeah, okay. not really. All right, sorry, off on a soapbox again. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> um, and then this is when Garrett ends up, like, trying to make a run for it. So he runs outside, and you just, like, hear, like, what sounds like him getting shot. <laughs> and so he ends up, like, falling. And so, uh, like, Ashley and Luke are hiding in the living room. And here, yet again, another plot hole, because behind them in the window, you see a shadowy-looking figure, but then you hear someone walking around upstairs at the same time. Yeah, I... So, just, you know, sorry. I'm going to get off my soapbox about being so nitpicky, but, like, like I said, these are, like, glaring pot- plot holes, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. Um, well, at some point, then, like, when she when she first got there, the dad was so fucking awkward. Remember, he was like, you're perfect, or you're stunning, or whatever. I forget. Oh, exactly. you are just gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, is the dad in on this? Like, is the dad and the son going to, like, do, like, some weird, like, uh, tag team type thing? Or, like, what's going Gross. on? Yeah, like, I'm like, is, like, the dad going to pop out, or, like, what? Cause, I'm glad they didn't go that route, because that would have been weird. Well, <laughs> no, I think that they fully planned on making a second one, so who knows what... Uh, and maybe that, maybe they were planning on making a second one. So those things that we're looking at as plot holes now, maybe we're going to be explained later. I don't maybe. know. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then this is like when they end up going upstairs and they see like someone walking around upstairs with a flashlight and a like uh, a shotgun and uh, they end up hiding in the laundry room and Ashley like pulls down the ladder to the attic. Mm-hmm. So they go. And I love how like, she makes like a subtle reference when they're watching the horror movie. She's like, why do they always go in the attic? Why do they always go in the attic? And then they end up going in the attic. Right. Which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but yet again, like another scream reference when Sydney Prescott's like, why do they go upstairs and they could just run out the front door? You know, it's like with these little subtle, like big breasted <laughs> blonde that always runs upstairs instead of going out the front door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and while they're up there, she's like trying to tell Luke just to like, let's just stay up here. And he's like, no, I got to go get the gun. I have to go get the gun. Cause they're talking about how like his dad has a gun mm-hmm. and she's trying to stop him. And he goes, what an annoying fucking kid does goes and runs off. So she tries to go follow after him in the, Ooh, another spider scene. Cause she's got like two or three of them crawling all over. Uh-huh. And then she ends up like falling backwards and like almost falls out of the, the fucking stair thing that she pulled up and Luke like grabs her by the hand and like pulls her back up, but then they go back down 
and uh, he goes to grab the gun and then him and Ashley are like hiding in his room and they're like hiding in the closet and she's trying to tell him again she's trying to tell him like just to stay there and he's like no I gotta go I gotta go like she's like no just stay right and then that's when they end up like bumping into the toy and it like starts going off and then the killer comes back in Mm mm-hmm and then this is when, you know, you get the whole reveal, the twist, because Ashley starts putting the pieces together because she sees that the killer is wearing the mask that she saw Luke wearing in the photo. Right. And she's like, that's your mask. And then she notices that the guy is like scratching his back, which uh, which refers back to the rash that he was talking about earlier. Yep. And then she comes out. She's like, hold on. She comes out of the closet. and She's like, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> like she's very she's very brazen for somebody for some for not knowing if that's a real shotgun or not right well i think and didn't he even have the same hoodie on as a black hoodie wasn't it because isn't garrett wearing yeah. a black hoodie when he shows up yeah yeah oh my and gosh. she ends up like <laughs> she ends up coming out of the closet and he like ends up taking off the mask and she's like what the fuck like mm-hmm. and then she's like she's asking luke why he did it and she's like what kind of delusional infant would stage something like this <laughs> And she's like, so what did you think? You thought you were going to save me from a robber and that I was going to like fall in love with you or something. She's like, you need therapy. And she's like, I'm going to call your parents. And like, this is when she goes to walk out and he like, he's like, Ashley. And she turns around. He just like pistol whips her. Yeah, he does. Wax her real good. Yeah. Got got her real good on the face. And she ends up like falling down the stairs. And that, that's when Garrett's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Well, and then you really do get the, um, which I noticed more the second time, you really do get the understanding that Garrett and Luke are not on the same page whatsoever as to what the plan was. Like Luke is taking this thing like 10 steps further than Garrett thought it was going to go. Right. So it's like, that's when you kind of see that, okay, maybe Garrett isn't the bad kid. It really is Luke that negatively influences Garrett. But, um, and you, that's the first part right there is where you see that. Cause he's like, what, like exactly like, what are you doing? Like why you can't hit her. Yeah, right <laughs> he's like this was not hold on this was not part of the plan mm-hmm, hold on a second mm-hmm. um and so she ends up like waking up and she's like tied to a chair and she's like trying to like convince luke she's like i need i have a concussion i need to go to the hospital and he's like let's play truth or dare if you win i'll i'll let you go but if you lose he like holds like a up a drink like a little thing in a like a little bottle type thing mm-hmm. what is that supposed to be I don't know if it's supposed to be like a date rape drug or what he was. Oh, it is because he's he does mention something about roofies or something like later on. Yeah, I'm assuming um, that's what it is. Yeah, and like this, I'm not a huge fan of this scene. I think I was really fucking creepy, like really fucking like predator mm-hmm. type shit. Because he they're like playing truth or dare, and um like he asks her how many guys she's fucked and she's like i haven't fucked anybody and then garrett dares luke to touch he's like touch her i dare you to touch her tits yeah and so he like lifts up her shirt and is like looking at her boobs and it's like okay this getting really creepy it's real awkward to watch for sure was not a fan of the scene at all um not a fan (laughs) no it was definitely awkward to watch um i again the first time i don't remember it being as awkward but the second time it was just you know like went on for too long it lingered yeah i don't know i mean yeah it was uncomfortable to watch if that's what they were going for they accomplished it so yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like this is when garrett and luke go to walk off because garrett's like 
Garrett's like, well, what if we get in trouble? What if we get caught? And Luke's like, we're not going to get caught. And Ashley's like moving the chair to get to the flashlight because she sees the flashlight on the counter. And so she tries to like start flashing Morse code through the window. Mm-hmm. But they end up like catching her doing it. And this is when like Luke proposes the plan to her that uh, he's going to get away with this because what's going to happen is he, she's going to drink this and then she's going to pass out and the parents are going to come home and she's going to find, they're going to find her passed out with like booze everywhere. Like she partied hard for her last trip before Pittsburgh and blah, 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 blah. And he like tries to make her drink it, but then she like knocks it out of his hand. He's like, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. You I, stupid bitch. Yeah. So I don't understand. Like, so it seems to me like there's like three different plans going on at once. Cause like there's, was he not planning on killing people or was he planning on killing people? See, that's the confusing thing, because like at first I wanted to say that maybe like this wasn't his plan. Like maybe it was just like it was supposed to go the way it was supposed to. And he was supposed to save the day. And like, but then all of a sudden it goes from that to like him, like it makes it seem like he orchestrated this whole thing, like pre-planned it, pre-planned, like telling all these people to come over. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering, because like in the next scene, he uh, he texts or calls or the boyfriend shows up because he's the one that texted him and told him to come over. Yeah. So it's like, well, why would you do that? Well, I guess if if she was partying one last time before she left, they you know she's not gonna party by herself. So maybe he needed other people to be there. But nonetheless, if all these kids wake up and they're like, well, this one kid, these this one kid did this, like. Yeah. Even if they had been drunk or drugged or whatever, the parents are likely still not, you know what I mean? Or the cops or whoever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cause well, cause he does make mention later and I'll get to it later. I won't, I won't spoil it yet, but um, yeah. So this is when Ricky shows up and he goes to the door and like Luke is trying to send him away. Cause he's like, Ashley doesn't love you anymore. And like, this is when Ricky asks Luke to give her these flowers and, uh, so he's like, yeah, just if I was if I was Luke, I would have just told him to leave him by the door. Like I wouldn't even have opened the door. Right. But he's like, yeah, you can pass it through the the crack in the door. So he does it. And like Ricky barges in and he starts looking around for Ashley. And she's like, at the same time, she's kind of like crawling or cra- across the floor and she ends up like grabbing a piece of glass. <laughs> and it's I wanted to mention this because this this was like one of those really cool shots in this film where like Garrett goes to pick her up off the chair and like the camera like follows mm. and it does it like a couple of times in this movie where it does that it's really cool the movie shot really well it looks really good oh yeah um, it's beautiful for the most part the acting is really like Luke I can't stand him but that's because the actor does such a good job of making you not like Luke I feel like we're yeah. shitting all over this movie but like there are <laughs> really good things in this movie we're just nitpicking the shit out of it, to be honest with you. Because again, the first time I watched, I really did enjoy it and liked it. And it was just, uh, it also may have been the, I don't know, not that I was in a bad mood when I watched it, but like, like the first time I watched it, I was just looking for something fun to put on. And that's what this is. Like you could, yeah. If a critic sat down and watched home alone, they could nitpick the shit out of that movie too. Just like we're doing with this one. But, um, it is shot really well. There's some cool camera angles and that's one of them. Um, I also think that they did a really great job of using like the snow effects and the Christmas lights and just like the overall Christmas vibe to make the rooms look really well lit. Even in dark scenes that they make the rooms look really well lit, which um, this is another scene where it's like a big open room, but it's really well lit, which generally isn't common in a horror movie. Generally it's really dark. So they did a really good job of even keeping it creepy while it's really well lit. So there's definitely positives to the movie. 
Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> well, I don't want the, I don't want the listeners listening to this to like be deterred from watching this movie. It's like, it's not, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just, I feel like the first time you watch it, you're so blown away by that initial twist that you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is cool. Right. And then like the rest of the movie, you're kind of like blown away by this twist. So you're like following this movie and not thinking about like the, the nitpicky things that you think about it when you watch it the second time, you right. know what's going on. Um, but it, but like we said, it, it still has really positive things going for it. I think it's it's definitely not the worst movie I've ever seen. It just isn't as enjoyable to watch on more right <laughs> more recent occasions for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so he gets in and then um, he's like looking upstairs for Ashley, and he ends up like uh, Luke ends up like knocking him out with the baseball bat, mm-hmm. or thinks he knocks him out with the baseball bat. But then Ricky starts like fighting with Luke, <laughs> and then Luke. <laughs> grabs the pencil from underneath the rug because that's where the mom puts it and he ends up like stabbing ricky in the face with it right to the cheek oh yeah and uh ricky like ends up grabbing the bat but uh that's when garrett comes up the stairs with the shotgun and then ricky ends up getting hit in the base hit in the back of the head with the baseball bat again and he like loses a lot of blood in this part that's what it looked like, like yeah like I thought he was dead for a second because they drag him off and he like there's just like a huge pool of blood. It's like that's a lot of blood just <laughs> for someone getting hit in the back of the head. And he seems like perfectly fine in the next scene. So I was like, okay, yeah, because he wakes <laughs> up and he's tied to tied to the chair next to um, uh, what's her name? Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. But the next scene is on. This is another scene that's really cool. Is when mm-hmm. doesn't does he make him smoke pot? That's what he makes. He makes him smoke <laughs> weed, but like the smoke comes out of his like hole in his cheek. So it's like uh, pretty freaking. And then like the kids start freaking out because that's what kids would do if they saw somebody yeah. with smoke coming out of the side of their cheek. Which again, it was pretty funny. Yeah, because like she's uh, um, this is when you realize that Luke is the one that texted Ricky to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of also when you kind of get that dynamic with Garrett where he starts to kind of question the legitimacy of this plan and like their overall friendship kind of like you kind of kind of see this wheel start turning in Garrett's mind but he's not fully like convinced yet that like you know Luke obviously doesn't have his best interest in at heart right um like this is when this is when Luke ends up fishing her phone out of the fish tank and it works just fine. Like the minute he pulls it out, it's working perfectly fine. It's like, oh, I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, weird. I know there are phones out there that are like water resistant nowadays, but it's like that phone has been in the fish tank for at least like 45 minutes. Yeah, probably unlikely unless it's some sort of phone that I, I mean, I, yeah, there's phones out there that can do that, I guess. I don't know. Normal phones would not. Yeah. Um, and she like, he try, tries to force her to call her ex-boyfriend. Uh, mm. Is it Jeremy? I think it's Jeremy. It's the the cat from Stranger Things. I know that. I call him the cat from Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy. Um, and uh, she 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 won't call. So he like tries to call, and he's like, Ashley uh, wants you to come over. He's like, Who is Ashley? <laughs> no, he says I'm calling for Ashley, and he's like, There's no, oh, yeah, he's a- like, there's no Ashley here, and he hangs up. No, yeah, he's like, I'm calling for Ashley. So he's like, Yeah, and then he's like, You actually dated this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. <clears throat> and she's like trying, like she has like the piece of glass still in her hand and she starts trying to cut the tape, but she accidentally cuts herself instead yeah. and just like starts bleeding all over the floor. And this is like another thing that I was like, if Luke is so vigilant and as like, I don't know. So it- attentive to details. How does he not notice the big ass fucking pool of blood next to her 
you know plus like right she she ends up like starting to cut her like late like because uh um she's trying to convince luke to let her go because she's like remember that time that you after how bad you felt after you accidentally killed garrett's hamster and he's like oh i did that on purpose yeah dude kid's a psychopath he's fucking insane like <laughs> that's like my worst nightmare like as a as a future parent because i want to have kids one day is like my kid growing up as a psychopath like Eh, I mean the the odds are probably not that great that that'll happen, but it could happen. And uh, good luck. You never know, because you. I mean, he seems to have a pretty good life. It's not like he's like. <laughs> it's not like he has abusive parents or anything. He seems to have a good upbringing, but he's still a psycho. So yeah, maybe you never know. Look, his his mom seems kind of uh, sociopathic, so maybe uh, he got it from her. Oh, maybe. Yeah, good point. Um. And then this is when Ricky's like, I need to go to the bathroom. And he just starts peeing his pants. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he did that as like a plan or do you think he just actually? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was like. Okay. This is pretty smart. Yeah. I think he did it on purpose so that like Luke would have, would be distracted with having to clean it up and stuff. Cause like he ends up cleaning it up and going outside to throw it away. And that's when Ashley starts finishing, like trying to cut her leg loose. Yeah. And like, she ends up like, taking her sock off and like covering up the blood but then when she this is like what i'm talking about like if luke was so attentive to detail like he wouldn't definitely notice that her sock was not on well i got the the um feeling that he's like maybe ocd a little bit because when he pees on the floor he's like oh this is disgusting and he like tries to clean it up yeah so it's like yeah. kind of maybe like kind of a neat freak because his room was pretty i don't think his room was messy either but well, then, his appearance is pretty like clean too like he's very clean cut he's very exactly like, sharp yeah. Which makes me question the scene later with the paint can because of the mess that it makes. I'm like, there's if he was worried about these pee dribbles on the floor, like, I don't know that he would be uh, right. So it's like, eh, I don't know. But no, I think that uh, the the kid peeing his pants that's a it's a good uh, strategy to take. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that was that was very smart on Ricky's part. Um, and then this is when Luke starts freaking out because, cause Garrett actually like walks away for a minute. Cause he starts freaking out he's like, just go do something like go fucking relax, go take another oxy. Because when I forgot to mention when Ashley first wakes up after she gets knocked down the stairs, they're like riding around on scooters in the house and fucking <laughs> Garrett's like high on oxy. Uh-huh. <laughs> cause he took up a whole bunch of oxy and, uh, that's basically what Luke says after, um, Garrett starts freaking out. He's like, just go take another oxy and chill the fuck out. It's hilarious. And like, this is when Luke starts freaking out because he realizes that Garrett starts smoking weed in the house. And he's like, my parents are going to fucking kill me. Right. And I think this is when Luke realizes that he has to kill Ricky. I don't know. See, but that's the confusing thing because he even says that later. He's like, well, you're the one that killed him technically. Cause you smoked weed in the house. <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm like, but it seems like you were already planning on killing him anyway. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, because they make him smoke the weed, so it looks like he was doing it, not Garrett. Um, and then that's when this yeah. week comes out of his cheek. But yeah, I, I just, I, you know what? The more we sit and talk about this, the more I think this, like, <laughs> the plan just, like, it went so off the rails as to what it was supposed to be that they were just basically reacting in the moment. But then the next scene doesn't make any sense because this is when the <laughs> next boyfriend shows up and he invited him there. So it's like, stop inviting people over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, well, yeah i don't know i don't know man <laughs> but yeah so they force ricky to smoke the joint and then they like pull ricky down to like the foyer of the house where the stairs are and this is like another scene that i'm just like this would never happen mm-hmm. first of all because he like starts swinging like the paint can down because he's like i want to see if this is like if this will really bash somebody's head in mm-hmm. 
and like Garrett's like pleading with him not to do it. And Ashley at the same time is trying to get loose. And she finally ends up getting loose and ends up running out with like the pistol. And like, this is when Luke like swings the pink gallon, pink hand, like full force down into Ricky's face. And this scene looks cool when it like, when it happens, like you get like the splatters of paint, like mixed with the blood and stuff. Right. But there's no way that that paint can would bash his face in that severely. Sorry. I think that this is the uh, director or whomever. Um, basically, this is paying some uh, fan some fan payment here, I think. Because I think people wanted to see that or wanted to know what <laughs> yeah. would happen if it actually did. Because oh, in, yeah. in Home Alone, when it happens, it just like knocks him down and he gets up and he's fine, right? But like obviously, that wouldn't happen. But I also think this is the opposite extreme of that. So I think it was just right. fan. I think it was fan service is what it was. Yeah, and I mean this isn't this one it wasn't as nitpicky for me, but I was like that that wouldn't happen that severely, but I understand why they did it. It yeah. was more like carnage candy type of thing for the viewers. Like right. it's a cool scene, like it looks cool, but there's no way that 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 paint can wouldn't knock him back out of the chair. Right. Like, there's exactly. no way that he's still sitting upright in that chair. <laughs> <laughs> like it's yeah, it's a little off the rails for me, but um so then Ashley like ends up trying to shoot Luke. And then that's when you find out that he, the gun was empty the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so she tries to run out and uh, she runs out into the backyard and she trips on the line that uh, Garrett originally tripped on when you find out that like it's attached to like a paintball gun, which that's plausible. Yeah, that is, that is very plausible. Okay. I can, I can, I can vibe with that. I can get, I can get behind that. But the other stuff I'm still really confused about, like, how did, how did you throw the brick through the window? How'd you do all this other stuff? I don't know, man. <laughs> that one, that one's a little more believable to me because she, end, yeah, she ends up like tripping over a line in the yard and you find out that like, it's a paintball gun. Right. And then she had kind of has like a little scuffle with Garrett and she ends up escaping and she ends up running along the side of the house and you see like a bunch of carolers mm-hmm. and she like tries to get their attention. And then fucking Luke throws the brick at her oh that like originally God. went through the window before and knocks her back out. And I think that this is brain damage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And this is like a really cool, um, like what you were saying, like what they do with like the Christmas lights and stuff. Cause like she wakes back up and she's like basically tied to a chair with like all the Christmas lights now. Right. I thought was like a really cool, like visual, like visual. um, What's the word? Just a really cool visual. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, it looked good. It, it plays into the whole uh, overall, like the overall look of the movie. I think I, I really enjoyed that. That again, I think the atmosphere in the whole movie is really good. Oh, for sure. Um, and like Luke, Luke's trying to like flirt with her and, and like, she's try, like, she, it almost seems like she's like giving into it. And then she ends up like kicking him in the nuts. And I'm just like, yes, fucking <laughs> kick that kid in the goddamn nuts. He deserves it. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like I don't. I think it was a little premature though, because I think he might have let her up if she she'd kept going with it. But yeah, probably. Yeah, but that would but... suck to get kicked in the nuts like that. That looked like it hurt. He deserved it. Oh, I didn't for feel sure. Bad for he deserved more than that. He deserves yeah. more than that. <laughs> well, and then Garrett's like, "Why did you have to kill him?" Like he starts questioning Luke. He's like, "Why'd you have to kill him?" Luke is trying to guilt Garrett back into like you know following following through with the plan because he's like who was there for you when you got caught skipping class and who was there for you when you know we got caught you know stealing stuff from my mom's purse and i had to pretend to sleepwalk so that you could like leave the house and blah 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 blah, like trying to guilt him into like continuing with it and uh this is when then like this is the scene where jeremy ends up arriving 
and he like walks into the backyard and like Luke's just standing there and he's like, hi. <laughs> yeah, how creepy, huh? Right? I'd be like, this fucking kid is weird. And well, like the fact that Jeremy just sits there and like goes with this whole thing where he actually sits down on the swing because he's like, he's like, where's Ashley? And he's like, she's inside, but he, she wants you to write her a note, like a letter saying that you're sorry. And like the fact that Jeremy just goes through with this whole thing, like actually sits down in the swing and actually starts writing a letter. Right. I found this scene really weird. And well, he's supposed believe- to be stupid. Right. And that's just shows you how dumb he is. I think is what it's supposed to be doing. Cause they talk about how this is the same guy he called and he was like, Oh, there's no Ashley here. Right. So he was already making fun of how dumb <laughs> he is. I think this is just supposed to elaborate on how stupid this guy really is. I guess that's true. Yeah. I I'll, I'll forgive that little nitpick then. Cause I, I forgot about that point. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then it like, it cuts back between like, um, Luke and Jeremy to like Garrett and Ashley and Garrett's like, I just want this night to be over. And Ashley's like trying to convince him to let her go. Cause she's like, you know, Garrett, uh, Luke is not your, like Luke is not your friend. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's using you. Like he's taking advantage of you. He's manipulating you. And well, I think Garrett knew that, but this is the point where it actually like, he needed her to tell him that, or basically she like solidifies the fact of what he already knew. Cause I think he probably had been slowly catching on all night. Um, but probably hearing her say that was probably what really made it click. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time that's happening, like Jeremy's writing out this letter, like, Oh, I'm sorry. Blah, 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 blah. I love you. And then Luke ends up sneaking behind him and like wraps the noose around him, ne- around his neck and then takes the lawnmower and starts like, <laughs> feeding the rope up so it like hangs him from the tree which i kind of thought was clever i was like okay that's clever it's definitely a cool kill again like the first time i watched it i was like okay this is different right and then the second time yeah. i watched it, i'm like there's no way this would work like he, <laughs> yeah like he would have heard the mower how do you get the noose above the tree branch without him noticing like there was just a whole lot going on that didn't make sense logistically but like the first time i again the first time i watched it i was like oh this is cool you haven't i've never seen anybody do this before it's pretty clever for the kid to do that um, yeah, but yeah, again, the second watch killed it for me, but nonetheless, continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then this is when Garrett's like starting to untie Ashley, but then Luke ends up shooting him. And I love how, like, when he shoots him, he just goes flying across the room. That was a very cool scene, very cool shot. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like, this is when you kind of feel bad for Garrett because Garrett's like sitting there and he's like, I'm dying, and he's like, Why did you have to? Why did you have to do that? Like, I didn't yeah. want to have to do this. And then, like, Garrett goes to say, like, I want my mom. And then he shoots him again and kills him. And it's like, damn. Yeah. And then I I thought it was kind of funny, like, when Luke's, Luke's, like, freaking out for a minute. And then all of a sudden, he just goes, like, absolutely calm. And he's just like, you were starting to annoy me anyway. He's a sociopath, right? Or a psychopath. One of the two. I don't know which the the, diff, the extreme difference is between the two. But nonetheless, he's definitely fucking... He's just fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. But the part for me, like the first time, again, I think this movie has a lot of shock value the first time you watch it because you're not expecting that, right? That shot is so good because you don't even see Luke come into the screen. You see Garrett and Ashley, and then all of a sudden you hear the boom, and Garrett flies into the other room. Yeah. Whereas you know it's going to happen here. And like I said, I just didn't care about any of the characters. So like I, I didn't care when he died. Yeah, me either. Like he's like the one that I like semi cared for throughout the whole movie. Cause like you kind of, he has a really, I feel like he has a really good character arc in this film. Like mm-hmm. 
it doesn't focus a whole lot on him, but you get like a lot of Garrett's character throughout this film. As with Luke, he's just kind of, he goes from being like innocent to like a psychopath. There isn't really much of a, a progressive change, I guess. But with Garrett, like you really see like a full change in him towards the end of the film. So like I did feel slightly bad for his character because it's just like, he was just a naive kid who didn't understand what he was getting into. And it cost him his life basically. Cause completely in over his head. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so then he like ends up sitting next to Ashley and he's telling her a story about how his mom used to tuck him in and how it made him feel safe. And then all of a sudden one day she stopped and he doesn't know why. And then Ashley's like, I know exactly why she stopped. And then I like the scene because she ends up just like closing her eyes and pretending to ignore him. Cause he's mm-hmm. like, why did she stop? And she won't answer him. He's like, I want you to freak out. I want you to tell me to let you go. Blah, 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 blah. And she won't do it. Right. And like he goes behind her. And this was kind of shocking too. I remember being shocked the first time I watched this, this part too, because he ends up going behind her and he pulls out a little pocket knife and ends up stabbing her in the neck with it. Right. Well, first thing when they do this, this scene is shot really well too, because you don't know that he killed, like you see him pull the knife out. Yeah. But you don't really know that he killed her with it or attempted to kill her with it because like, it, I don't know. This is shot really well to where it's like a lingering scene, but you don't necessarily know exactly what happened until they like kind of pan out. And then when you see it, you're like, Oh shit, he stabbed her in the neck. Yeah. Cause you, you see her react to him, stab her. And then you see him like pull the knife back out and it's like bloody. Mm-hmm. But you're not like sure where he stabbed her at first. And then, like you said, you get that pull out with, you know, Oh shit. Like he stabbed her in the neck. And I kind of like how they played on that. Cause like, then you think that she's actually dead, right? Like, legit dead. And, uh, this is like the whole, this is like the whole scene where I'm just like, no kid, like, yes, he's 12. He's probably very smart for his age, but like, I don't know would a, would a kid that age really know how to like cover up a crime scene that well, like he's doing like a really good job of covering up this crime scene. Well, here's the cause... point in the movie where I came to the realization that this was exactly what he had planned the whole time. I think he had this plan. This is what his goal was. Yeah, um, and I think what he had told Garrett was the plan that we initially thought was their plan had just become derailed because at this point in the movie you see him cover up everything. He's got an explanation. He's got um, a way to cover up everything because when he gets back in bed, he's like, "Oh shit, the cheek or whatever, the pencil in the cheek." Yeah, because yeah. then he has to get back downstairs, fix that, and then try to get back in bed. Um, so I, I think this is where, for me at least, it's it's really revealed that this was his plan the whole time. Yeah, and it really, like... I mean, you already know that he's a psychopath enough as it is, but then there's, like, the scene where you really realize how just how... Like, this is, like, Jill Roberts' fucking, like, psychopathic behavior. Like, this is fucking Scream for Jill Roberts, like, that whole that whole nine yards that's what the scene kind of reminded me of except he's not actually like making it look like he got hurt right he's just like but it it was like a very like i don't know very similar to that scene to me kind of like they're kind of similar characters in that way yeah well the only thing i question here is garrett being down there dead like was what what was well how was how were they well it probably it's probably just supposed to be like he was there at the wrong place, wrong time. And like the crazy Mm. ex-boyfriend ended up trying to kill everybody in the house. But it's like, if that's the case, why did he leave Luke unharmed? Right. Or how did Luke not hear any of this happening? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't don't know. (laughs) Like, I think we're beating a dead horse at this point with like talking about all these plot holes, but I think it's also important to, to state the fact that, you know, 
there there are some things that I feel like could have used some more fine tuning, but mm-hmm. you know. Um but uh yeah, so then he ends up going around, he like starts putting the paint on Jeremy's hands and making it look like his fingerprints are on the gun and putting the gun next to Garrett and he's just going through all like this whole thing and yeah, like you said, he goes upstairs or he goes upstairs and he's trying to put the pencil up on the on the on the doorknob, but mm-hmm. then he realizes, oh shit, I forgot to <laughs> I forgot to stab it back into his face. So he goes back downstairs and stabs it into his face. And then um like this is when he ends up going like outside, like through the window. Yes. And he's like walking on the roof, and that's when his parents come home. And yeah, this whole this whole scene, like when the parents are like walking up to the house. I don't remember exactly what the mom is saying, but I remember like thinking it was really funny. Cause she just has like so many funny like conversations in this film with her husband. They, they were talking about somebody at the party. I, I don't remember what they were doing. They're talking shit about somebody, I believe. I think they were talking about somebody that was at the party that they didn't like or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, and he ends up like getting into his room, mm-hmm. and he like, does he take a sleeping pill? It looks like a sleeping pill or something. I can't remember. I just remember he lays down and then forgets to turn the noise machine on. Yeah, he forgets to take or turn the noise machine on, and then you hear like his mom downstairs like screaming, and she runs upstairs and like makes sure that he's okay. And then you get like the whole scene with the cops and the ambulance there. And he's sitting there like with his mom, with her arms wrapped around him, just like he talked to, uh, with Ashley in the prior scene, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, then you hear from downstairs, you hear one of the responders be like, we got a live one. <laughs> <laughs> but there's someone alive. Um, And then that's when uh, Luke goes to the window and he sees like Ashley being carried out on a stretcher to the ambulance and the the paramedics are talking about how like she duct taped like the wound on her neck to stop the bleeding, which clever, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I want to know how she did that though. She's like completely tied to that chair. Tied to the but... chair didn't make a lot of sense to me either. How she was able to duct tape her uh, her <laughs> neck and not get away. But I, I maybe once he went upstairs and put himself back in his room, she did that. I don't know. Again, I'm with you. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. How <laughs> the, a lot of logistical issues with this movie, but. <laughs> yeah um and like as she's getting into the ambulance she's like looking up at him because he's looking down at her in the window and i fucking love this because she just like (laughs) pulls her hand up and she just like gives him the fucking finger right as she's getting put in the ambulance she's flipping him off as he's watching out the window it's so great i love it but i love how like none of the the like the first responders like the paramedics don't say anything about it because she's like flipping she's flipping somebody off so if i was like the paramedic i'd be like what the fuck are you flipping me off for yeah right yeah nobody (laughs) said anything yeah um and then it like you get like this wide shot that's like pulling out as he's standing in the window with his mom and then it like cuts to him like telling his mom he's like i'm worried about ashley we should go to the hospital and then that's when it ends well what's funny is it does that but there's like credits that roll between that so it shows like the ambulance pull away and there's like a long like it's not even like a quick cut there's like like a two minutes maybe worth of credits because i was watching and i'm like I thought he says he wants to go to the hospital. So I'm like, I wonder if I watched a different version or something. And then it came back in and did it. And that's how the movie ends. But it was like, well, that's kind of weird. Cause if you turned it off, you would never know that happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, guys, that is the better watch out. I was going to say the babysitter. Ooh, it's a good movie too. Caught myself there for a second. <laughs> the, the film we were talking about that we just finished talking about is Better Watch Out, not The Babysitter. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to this before we get into our ratings and stuff? Or did you want to save that for the ratings? Um, I think I'm good. We, we dove into this one heavily. I think, I don't think we missed anything. I did have one question though. Um, cause I noticed this toward the end of the movie. So his mom is hugging him right in the bedroom and it's like everything that he told Ashley earlier he had missed. Right. So do you think he did all of this to get to that point or was that just some thing they threw in at the end uh that's actually really really good point that i don't know you might be getting to something with that like wanting like that motherly affection so like doing anything he can to get it back i don't Mm -hmm. know that's and that actually begs like a bigger question because it's like holy fuck that makes him even more of a psychopath if that's all he did was to get the attention of his mother like holy shit this kid's a fucking piece of work that's what i'm saying i wonder if maybe that because obviously the he's thinking two or three steps ahead all the time you see that through the mm-hmm. whole movie i wonder if that was actually his um end game i don't know maybe maybe i'm thinking way too into it i don't know but i just just like hmm, that, w- that would be very interesting if that's the angle that that he was actually after the whole time i do like that thought process though i do like that because that like gets me thinking like was it really about ashley this whole time or was it just to like get back into the good graces of his m- mom again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows, man? <clears throat> but uh, yeah, do you want to uh, start us off with your story rating and your quality rating, Josh? Yeah, so for story, um, I mean, honestly, this is a pretty original story. Like I said, the first time I watched it, the twist got me. Uh, it was It's a really good twist. I like the twist in the movie. It's something that you don't see a lot of or really anywhere else. Um, and I really did enjoy it. Upon rewatch, there's quite a few plot holes, which I think we dug into most of them. Um, but at the yeah. end of the day, this is supposed to be a fun movie to watch. I don't think it's supposed to be one you sit down and put a lot of thought into. Um, yeah. I will say it was more fun to watch around Christmas time. So it's probably something I'll put on and watch around Christmas time or even in the winter as opposed to 95 degree day in Kentucky, <laughs> which is when I watched it. Um, yeah. But again, I feel like I kind of dogged this movie quite. And it's funny as I'm the one that picked it, but... um. I think the storyline's pretty original. It's pretty well written for the most part, but again, there are quite a few plot holes, but the movie's supposed to be fun, so I think I can overlook that. Uh, so story, I gave a 6 out of 10. Nice. Quality. <clears throat> the quality of this movie is great. It's shot really well. The effects are done really well. The CGI, I, I, I couldn't tell whether stuff was practical or CGI for the most part, yeah. which to me, that is good if it was CGI. If it was practical, they did it really well. Um, there was nothing just stuck out, and it was like, oh, that that looks bad. Um, so, I, again, I think they did that really well. I really enjoyed the Christmas lights, the snow, and just the overall atmosphere of the movie, which I talked about earlier. And I think this is one uh, one movie. It's it's not going to be one of those movies that you watch 10 years or 20 years after it's been released, and you're like, oh, man, this didn't, this didn't hold up at all. I think it's really going to hold up in terms of effects, in terms of oh, for sure. the visuals. So I actually gave it a 7 out of 10 for quality. Very nice. Um, so for my story rating, I gave it a seven out of 10. Uh, and I said, the story is a very fresh take on the home invasion genre as the kids are the invaders, uh, as opposed to like, it just being normal, like random mask, <laughs> mask wearing knife wielding maniacs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, it takes a more grotesque take on the home alone theme, which I thought was really fun. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm the same way with you. It didn't get a perfect store score story rating story-wise because of all the plot holes that we mentioned like throughout their discussion um and we don't need to go back into that again because i'm sure the listeners listen to enough of that yeah but like, fuck these two yeah 
I know. <laughs> um, as far as quality goes, I gave it an eight out of 10 because I thought the quality was really, really good. Like, as I mentioned before, there are some really cool shots in this film. Uh, for example, like the scene where he pulls Ashley back up, like upright in the chair, like the camera follows mm-hmm. and you get like a couple of shots like that. Uh, the whole paint can sequence is really well shot. There's just a real, like the lighting is really nice that you mentioned earlier, like the, just the whole overall, the tone and the atmosphere of this movie, they really nailed it. Uh, with like the winter theme um the acting the only reason it didn't get like a perfect score for me is there are some questionable scenes where the acting is a little bit cheesy like like i said before with the scene with ashley where they're watching mm-hmm. the horror movie i think her acting is really bad in that scene um like there's just a couple of scenes that i was just like it took me out of it for a minute right um but it overall it wasn't it wasn't super distracting to the point where it was un like unenjoyable for me or anything so it gets an eight out of ten so very nice thank you uh what's your favorite scene and your least favorite scene josh um let's see my favorite scene is probably a mixture i really like the uh honestly the paint can scene i think is cool just because it's always there's always that argument if what would really happen and like i said i think home alone where it hits him in the face and he gets up and he walks around fine is probably very very unlikely but also the fact that this thing blows this guy's head off is also probably uh very (laughs) unlikely so uh i just think it's cool and i also like the reaction once it happens because they're so excited to see what would actually happen and they do get to see it um so probably that i guess i don't know i think i think that's probably my favorite scene very nice least favorite scene josh uh, the scene with, uh, is it Jeremy? Is that the one where he hangs him from the tree out back with the... Uh, yeah. Either that or that weird creepy scene where he's like touching her boob during uh, the Truth or Dare thing. I think we probably could have done without that. Um, yeah. I just don't know that it added any value or added anything to the storyline. And it's maybe if it was shortened or I don't know. It just went on too long for me. I think it's just uh, probably unnecessary. Or the weird scenes where we don't know who this very tall individual is. that's walking around outside the house <laughs> or driving a black uh, car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, those scenes are kind of weird to me. Um, I think my favorite scene is definitely, I think I really like the whole reveal, like mm. even watching it the second time, like I, I did enjoy the reveal part because I was like, that is so, that is such a cool idea. Like to take such a, a been there, done that concept of a home invasion film and like do it like that. Because I just remember the first time I watched this film, I was so blown away by that. I was like, Whoa, okay. That's cool. Right. So that's probably my favorite scene, either that or the paint can scene as well. Um, my least favorite scene is definitely 100% the whole weird rapey thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that at all. I think that was completely unnecessary. I do not think that needed to be in there. It just really made me uncomfortable and I didn't like it. So understood. <laughs> Definitely my least favorite scene. Um, but uh, now we're going to hop into the IMDb ratings. So what are your thoughts on um, like the overall rating? Because it got a 6.5 on IMDb. Do you agree with that score or do you think it should be higher or lower? No, I mean, if you take my story and quality and average it out, it's actually right at a 6.5. So I would say that they nailed it with what I gave it. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. I think I think the lowest score I would give it is maybe like a six. Um, and that's, as I said, that's just putting aside all like the nitpicky stuff that I have with it. I think it's still a really enjoyable film. It's not a film I will be watching again anytime soon, though. <laughs> um, but like you said, maybe like throw it on in the, you know, 
to get in the in the spirit of Christmas because it's it is a really good film mm-hmm. that really is really great at setting that atmosphere and setting that mood. So maybe during Christmas time I'll watch this film, but I just it's not a likely film that I'll watch again in the near future. So um, for me, I'd either give it like a I leave it where it's at or give it like a six at mm-hmm. the lowest. So. Yeah, I agree. I'll probably throw it on around Christmas, but I'm not going to watch Home Alone in the middle of summer either. So it's just that, you know, it gives you that vibe. So that's when I would, would likely put it on again. Same. Yeah. All right, Josh. Well, for the final part of the episode, are you ready to go on to the We Love Horror Trivia Game Show? I can't wait to play trivia with you, Michael. Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome to We Love Horror's Impossible Movie Trivia, hosted by our lead freak, Michael. Test your wit against the odds and see if you can make it out alive. Heed my warning, though. This trivia is not for the faint of heart. Proceed, if you dare. (laughs) Put your claws together, ghouls. Give it up for the host, Michael. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the We Love Horror Trivia Game Show. I am joined by a very special contestant. Josh, are you ready to play the We Love Horror Trivia? I was born ready to play We Love Horror Trivia. All right. The rules are simple, Josh. I'll ask you a question. If you get it correct, you get a point on the board. If not, you do not get the point. And we'll see how many points you can get. Are you ready for your first question, Josh? Hit me. All right, we're going to start you off with an easy one. So, what eerie film, and they're multiple choice, so don't answer yet. Okay. (laughs) What eerie film is credited with coining the notorious phrase, do you like scary movies? Is it A, Halloween? B, Friday the 13th, C, Scream, or D, A Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, Scream. That is correct, sir. You get a point on the board. Woo! (laughs) Question number two, Josh. In the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, what is Nancy's address? Is it A, 1348 Elm Street, B, 237 Elm Street, C, 1408 Elm Street, or D, 1428 Elm Street? Oh, shit. Uh, can you read them again? Mm-hmm. A, 1348 Elm Street. B, 237 Elm Street. C, 1408 Elm Street. Or D, 1428 Elm Street. I think it's 1428, but 1348 is throwing me for a loop. I'm going to stick with D. That is correct. It's 1428 Elm Street. Nice job. You're going two for two right now. Yeah, boy. All right. Question number three. What was Jason's original name on Friday the 13th? Was it A, James, B, Josh, C, Michael, or D, Jackson? His original name? Like what? I'm guessing what his name was originally going to be before they decided it was Jason. That's what I got from that question. So I'm just going to roll with that. Shit, I've never even known this was a thing i'm uh what was the first one james yeah it was a james b josh c michael or d jackson i feel like josh and michael are red herrings because that's our names jackson i don't think was a popular name in this i'm gonna go with james that is incorrect it was josh really 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Can you imagine if his name was Josh? That would not. Mm-mm. <laughs> that would not vibe well. Josh Voorhees. I don't know. I think it sounds I pretty would... cool. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Josh. Better luck next time with that question. That's all right. It just seemed like a trick question is all. Yeah, well, I was trying to trip you up, so I guess I succeeded with that answer. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, question number four, Josh. What iconic horror film was dubbed The Babysitter Murders at one point? Is it A, Slumber Party Massacre, B, When a Stranger Calls, C, Halloween, or D, Scream? Halloween. That is correct, Josh. You are going three for four right now. Killing it. You're doing pretty good. You're killing it. Question number five. Which horror film was the first ever of its genre to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Was it A, Silence of the Lambs, B, Misery, C, American Psycho, or D, The Exorcist? Oh, shit. Um, The Exorcist. That is correct. It was The Exorcist. Yeah, I was hoping by putting Silence of the Lambs on that list, that might trip you up a little bit. You did. I almost picked Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) <laughs> all right question number six what is the room number for the room that dick halloran tells danny to stay away from in the shining is it a 327 b 239 c 175 or d 237 237 that is correct are you just guessing no, I knew it was either 327 or 237. You put 239 in to try to confuse me, and 175 doesn't make any sense. Uh, I went with 237 because I don't think... Was there three floors on the in the hotel, or was there only two? I think there were more than just three floors. I think was it was there? like a six- or seven-story hotel. Oh, well, then I got lucky and picked 237 because I didn't think there were three floors. So Very nice. Or maybe it was just a three-story hotel. I don't know. Maybe I'm picturing the hotel wrong right now. Anyway, that's not relevant you got the answer correct thank you sir (laughs) all right question number seven what film is this line derived from it's not the house that haunt that's haunted it's your son is it a the sixth sense b paranormal activity two c insidious or d the grudge it's not the house that's haunted it's your son that's from insidious that is correct you know what's funny? I thought it was The Conjuring. I'm sitting, the whole time sitting here, I'm like, okay, just say The Conjuring already, and then you didn't say it, and I was like, what? <laughs> Damn, I should have put The Conjuring Well, and then there. I'm like, there's not even a son in that movie. They're all yeah, girls. Yeah, that's why I didn't put that, because I was like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Question number eight. What is the highest grossing Stephen King film adaptation to date? Is it A, Doctor Sleep, B, It Chapter 2, C, It, or D, The Shining? Oh man, I'm. It's an it movie, but is it on there? Is that it chapter one or is that it from the I have 90s? Both, I have both of them on there. So ch- it is chapter one, correct? Yeah, from uh, f- from this uh, 2017. Yeah, not then the, that, not the old one. Then that yeah. one. That is correct, sir. Damn, you've only missed one question so far. Plus, you're trying to trick me, dog. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> it from the 90s? That was a TV show. Like it wasn't even released in theaters. You're clever. You're clever. Mm-hmm. Question number nine: How many people died during the production of The Exorcist? Was it A five, B six, C nine, or D eleven? You know I don't like Exorcist movies, so I honestly have no idea. Um, six. 
That is incorrect. It was nine. Mm. Sorry, Josh. That's okay. Hey, you're going eight for 10 right now. Hey, you can't beat that, right? All right. Final question, Josh. Are you ready? Born ready. All right. What film was A Quiet Place initially intended to be a sequel to? Was it A, Alien, B, Cloverfield, C, The Invasion, or D, Event Horizon? Cloverfield. That is correct, sir. It was Cloverfield. Ding, 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 ding. Well, folks, Josh got 8 out of 10, which is pretty fucking impressive. So good job, Josh. Hey, thanks, man. You know I'm not very good at trivia either, so I appreciate you taking it easy on me. Of course. Everybody give Josh a round of applause. Thank you so much, Josh, for participating in the We Love Horror Trivia Game Show. And thank you all for listening in. We will see you guys next week. See you guys later. Well, thank you, Josh, for participating in the We Love Horror Trivia Game Show. That was fun. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that I could come in here and just, you know, do what I do with trivia because, you know, I'm so great at it. You fucking killed it. You did a good job. I got lucky. Yeah, no, you killed it, Josh. Good job. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for coming on to season two, episode two of the We Love Horror podcast. It's always so much fun to have you on, Josh. And I, you know, as I've said before, I love co-hosting another horror pod with you. I just think we have such a good like time, a really good back and forth. Um, you're just a really, you're just a really stand up dude. So thank you for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you letting me come on here and uh, talk shit about the movie I picked. <laughs> of course. Of course. I hope you, I hope you had a good time. Another special thanks to you, Josh. Uh, you are one of my patrons for Patreon for the Wheel of Four podcast. You were one of my very first, actually. So thank you very much for that. I think you were my first patron, actually. I hope so. Hey, I'm happy to support the show. Well, I appreciate you. And uh, also special thanks to my top tier patrons. So Josh from the Horror Movie Crew podcast, Anthony Silva from Porcelain Peak, Mark Sherbach from A Podcast on Elm Street, and Heather Selman from Wednesday Wine and Horror. Um, also, thank you, Josh, for doing the music for this podcast as well, because all the music that the listeners are listening to was done by you. So I hope you, uh, I hope they all enjoy it. I thought, I think you did a fucking fantastic job. So I'm very happy with the finished product. So thank you. Hey, you're welcome, my man. And, uh, my show producer credit also goes to Anthony Silva as well. So, um, did you want to plug in your podcast for the listeners one last time, Josh, before we go? Sure. I love to hear myself talk. So why not? Right. I am one third of the Horror Movie Crew podcast. We're a weekly horror podcast. We dive into one movie per week. We go scene by scene, talk about what we like, what we don't like about it. We give it an average rating at the end. And we are where you should be going to get your horror movie ratings, not those other folks. Check us out on all major podcast platforms and on Instagram at Horror Movie Crew Podcast. Very nice, Josh. And to snowball off of what Josh just said, uh, Josh and I also have another podcast that we co-host together on called Another Horror Pod. And if you guys are interested in listening to that podcast, if you guys are caught up on episodes on mine or Josh's and you're looking for another podcast to listen to, we do have another podcast where we just uh, list off top lists of, you know, top five favorite final girls, top five favorite remakes, that kind of thing. Um, kind of do a little bit of a different thing on another horror pod than what you're used to listening to. So if you guys are interested in hearing our rankings and reviews on other horror films, check out another horror pod. It's awesome. 
It's likely it one is. of the greatest things you'll ever listen to. I think it's so much fun. I think, and like, I've had like so many people tell tell me like people, cause I have coworkers that listen to it at work or I have friends and stuff. And they tell me like, you and I have like a really good back and forth. And I'm like, I know, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like an old married couple. I know exactly. Um, and uh, you can also check out my, this podcast as well. I'm assuming if you're listening to it, you already listened to it, but uh, I'm Michael from the, we love horror podcast. Um, next week I will be joined by another special guest and, uh, we are continuing with the theme of winter in July. So be sure to check that out and, uh, special thanks to Josh once again for coming on the show, being a patron, all that stuff. Thank you, buddy. And, uh, thank you for all the people that love and support the show. I really appreciate all of you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Bye. And then you say bye to Josh. Bye to Josh. Thank you.